Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boothless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Sporty, number 39. All right, guys. 39? Who wear... Oh, wait. Shit. Whoa. Get ahead. 30, we're from the future. 38? Wait, 38. <laughs> if we're uh, from the future, 38? someone grab that fucking book that Biff had in Back to the Future 2. <laughs> make no, us right. some money. We'll bet on the Super Bowls for the next 10 years. All right, so number 38. Who wore 38? Well, just because I just watched it, I know it's David Gilliam. There we go. Out of NASCAR. We got one. Well, but, the, but there you go. That's perfect because that will dovetail into probably well, it's it was the biggest sports event over the last week. So we'll we'll touch well more more unlikely Earl will touch on it briefly for a minute. But uh, Super Bowl of racing held this weekend, which I've, I've never understood why they have their big event first. But yeah, the Daytona 500 I, happened. Earl watched it, and apparently something kind of historic went down. It was, uh, I, I don't know why their Super Bowl of the NASCAR is first, but, but it sets the standard for the rest of the racing season. Um, yeah, Kurt Busch won it. Uh, he's came, uh, runner up, what, three different times, I think, but he's never won it. And, uh, Tony Stewart, if you're a racing fan, you know that name, Mr. Smoke, as he's called, uh, owns the car that won. He owns Kurt Busch's car, uh, Rich and Chris, you might know this. Uh, Tony Stewart killed a guy on a dirt track, uh, I believe it was two years ago, three years yeah. ago. My question, uh, too, is he still an active racer? Oh, yeah. Uh, so he was. How he, can, he, 
I, I, I guess worlds are different in racing because it seems like that. It seems like Miguel Cabrera owning like the Cleveland Indians. Like, is that allowed? Like, or is that just <laughs> yeah, how NASCAR is? That's just how NASCAR is. There, there's none of that. Like Pete Rose betting on sports. Yeah, that doesn't. It it doesn't matter in NASCAR because either you're going to drive and win or you're not. So I mean, shocking, the, the worst you can do is not are, finish. Are loose about this stuff coming from a sport that started out of bootlegging. But go ahead. That's, right. I get it, but I mean, conflict of interest does never come into play at any point ever. No. What con? What conflict of interest would he have? Uh, Kurt Busch and Tony Stewart racing against each other, perhaps. Well, that would be like me asking you, is the Williams sisters a conflict of interest in the finals? They're siblings. No, but they're, but they're, not, but they're not on a team, I guess. Like but in they're tennis, related. Like they're in NASCAR, like, aren't you on a team? And then someone else owns it. Like, it, I don't know. It, you know, like, if, if it seems like you could perhaps, if you're racing against another competitor of, if they have an, you have an interest in them winning, like, things could get maybe a little not on the up and up. Are you talking about, like, in Talladega Nights, where he radios down and tells him to wreck Bobby? Kind of. I mean, I'm saying, if you own two cars on competing teams, it just seems conflict of interest would come into play. Like, if one team's going to shit the bed, then maybe you can help the other team win. Yeah, but that goes on but, even if you don't own the two teams, though. I mean, well, it, I guess the Tony you know, Stewart like, race, what, or, is he on the same team as Kurt Busch? No, I don't think so. I don't think he races NASCAR anymore. See, this is why I don't watch racing. <laughs> this just seems... <laughs> I'm getting caught up in the minutia of all this. <laughs> no, but I, that seriously, that goes on even if they're, they're competing race teams and there's no conflict of interest. Somebody might owe you a favor. You'd be like, hey, block this guy. It, it's been proven many times over that crew chiefs have, uh, you know hooked up to make, you know, certain people win. Well, it is the most anyways, spectator sport in America, so I'm in the minority here. It, you know what? It was so disappointing. The race in and of itself was so disappointing. Uh, there were big crashes, and most of the favorites went out. Uh, Dale Jr. went out. Uh, Jimmy Johnson's out. Danica Patrick out. I mean, these are people that didn't even finish the race. Uh, to put it to you, Chris, it would be, or Rich, either one, it, it would be like watching a, a Super Bowl without the starters. <laughs> be like watching a Super Bowl filled with fourth game, fourth uh, preseason game players. Right, exactly. And you're like, what the actual fuck? Funny enough, it worked out well in Kurt Busch's favor, though. But it sounds uh, to me yeah, like uh, you're indirectly pointing out some flaws in NASCAR. Yay. Well, it's not really flaws per se, it just it's actually kind of cool because it gave lesser known people the chance to come up, you know, and people are like, who the fuck is running there? But I mean, there were still favorites. Kurt Busch was a favorite of a lot of people. Uh, Joey Logano is a favorite of a lot of people there. He was in the mix near the end, you know, but the, the really big names of NASCAR, you think big names NASCAR, you know, Dale Earnhardt Jr. You know, you know, Jimmy Johnson, he's, you know, won so many damn, you know, cups. It's, Crazy. You know Tony but, Stewart, even if it's only because he ran a guy over on a track. You know the name, yeah. Right. But uh, and, as a and fan, isn't it the Monster Energy 500 series as of this year? No longer the Sprint Cup 
Yeah, Monster. Uh, <laughs> ironically enough, Monster supported, uh, sponsored the event and the winning car. Go figure that out. You know what? I'll at least give NASCAR points for not pretending to be anything that it isn't. They're like, look, our championship is a, is paid by a sponsor. You know, it's the ads are all over the cars. The ads are all over the uniforms. I mean, I guess all well, I'll give them points for, for never claiming integrity. Like, hey, this is how it goes. This should cost money. Cars are expensive. Takes money. This is what happens. Well, exactly. When I was a little kid and I didn't know shit about smoking, I used to think it was called the Winston Cup. Like it's called the Stanley Cup. Like it's after somebody. Yeah, it's the same here. I didn't until I was an adult. Like, oh, Winston cigarettes. Because I remember the big to-do, what was it, 10 or so years ago. It was no longer called the Winston Cup, and all the purists were up in arms. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, it was was just, it was kind of shitty. It was kind of shitty, though. I mean, it really was. Same thing with, excuse me, tobacco ads. I remember going to Tigers games seeing tobacco ads. You ain't going to see this shit no more. You see beer ads all over the place. Yeah, but that was just kind of shitty. Just because everybody got butt hurt about smoking and all the smoking ban and shit, now you got to take away the the lead sponsor of NASCAR. That was bullshit. And, and what really started pissing people off is you had to pull the sponsorship from your car. You got to do it for the children, man. It's for the children. What the fuck with the children. That's what I've been saying for years. They got to grow up sometime. There's people that are sponsoring cars out there that kids have no business with. What about Budweiser, Miller Lite? GoDaddy.com commercials. GoDaddy.com car. Uh, you know, really? So I, they can't say that you have to pull Winston Cup because of the kids. Um, uh, Al Unser, do you guys know that name? Yep. Yep. He was a, he's a, he's a, uh, Open wheel racer in the Indianapolis 500, Formula One racer. He was sponsored by Marlboro. His car was red and white, and the wing in the back said Marlboro. He had to pull it. His car just looked like a red and white-looking Formula One car. had no sponsorship at all. Well, dude, I mean, this is America. We pick and choose what we get outraged by. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, mean, case in point, I stopped drinking energy drinks probably almost five or six, maybe even seven years ago, just because they're not FDA approved. There's too many ingredients in there with over 10 letters. And I don't know. I was just of the uh, mindset that, you know, when they find out like taurine causes like rampant testicle cancer or something in like the next 10 or 20 years, you know, or like, you know, enlarged hearts when you're 50, like, you know, like to think I'm ahead of that curve. I mean, I hear what you're saying, Earl. I mean, if you want to list poisons, I bet you cigarettes and energy drinks can go toe to toe. But we're not gonna we're not gonna ban energy drinks, at least until we ban I, a few other things first. Because the kids like them, the kids drink them, right? It's kid friendly. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Until the camera focuses on a car, you can't tell what the fuck the sponsor is anyway. It's going 200 miles an hour. I, I yeah, I, I remember watching a comedy show i can't remember what it was i think it might have been on hbo it was talking about uh they wanted to the show the the show had a product they were trying to put out there and they want to expand their brand so they're going to sponsor a nascar uh driver and i think they said something like they had four or five thousand (laughs) dollars they said so how big is our is our sponsorship logo going to be and he goes over and he points to like something that's about the size of his hand he goes you see that he goes yeah about half that size 
They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, until you get up close, you can't see shit on those fucking things. Yeah, that's just, right. that's, that's the political correct bullshit trying to. That ain't politically you know. correct. That, it was like that back in the day, bro. Don't try, don't pull this fucking card out because it's fucking conveniently at the top of your deck every five seconds with the millennial card. It's fucking been like that since I remember. Come on, dude. The more money you, you put into your sponsorship, the bigger your fucking shit gets on the car. You think STP was paying any less than anybody else to sponsor Richard Petty back in the day? Get the fuck oh, out I of I don't here. think so. No. But, no, but what I'm saying is it's the political correct. correct bullshit trying to dip into NASCAR, tell them they can't have Winston Cup, they can't have Marlboro, they can't have this. And yeah, but, the, the, but come on, man. They've been they advertising for cigarettes has been going downhill since we were like teenagers. I mean, when we were kids, you had Joe Campbell, cigarettes were everywhere, but I mean, we were part of the generation. You couldn't advertise cigarettes on TV. You still can't. I mean, it's been around yep. for, it's It's not all of a sudden, Earl. I mean, it's been around. It, cigarettes, their days have been numbered since like the late 80s anyway. I mean, still, even look, you can advertise alcohol on TV. You still can't show someone drinking it. You can be like, buy this beer, drink it. It's refreshing, but I mean, you've seen the Heineken commercials with NPH, you know, he makes fun of it. You know, he's like, I legally can't drink this on camera. And then he walks off camera and goes, hmm, this is a great beer. I mean, it's, it, trust me, Earl, I'm with you on a lot of this shit. But I mean, as far as this, I mean, this is, it's been around for a minute. I just don't agree with it. I don't care how long it's been around. It will forever be known to me as the Winston Cup. I ain't calling it the Nextel Cup. I ain't calling it Sprint Cup. Because that starts to sound like sprint racing, and NASCAR is not sprint racing. That's the way I grew up. That's the way I'm going to be. Not your parsing language, man. <laughs> you know that's not what they mean. It, you know it was a sponsor's name. You know, I mean, anyway, when you a little kid, did you think Winston Churchill was the fucking guy who won the first NASCAR race? It's, I mean, that's... Do, do you know when I was a kid, I, I had here, no... Man. You know, I had no idea why it was called the Winston Cup when I was a kid. 10 minutes ago. <laughs> Did we say that ten minutes ago? I mean, it's, I didn't. I had no idea it was after a cigarette. And and my grandfather was like deep into the NASCAR shit. We had fucking pit passes for Richard Petty when he was in fucking town. Rich, you know this. My father smoked Winston's. Uh-huh. I still didn't get it. I'm just saying it, it's. We have to be protected from ourselves, man. And if you and here's the deal: if it was really that bad, it'd be banned. But it makes somebody money. And it makes more money than it's worth. The product is worth more to the people who manufacture it than the lives that are lost by the people who consume it. And until that scale shifts, it's going to be this way. And that's America. America. It's American is Walmart, taxes, and death. So (laughs) I love how Walmart is now thrown in there. Yeah, the the race though it was it was a good race. It was actually a great race. It just sucked that a lot of the uh, heavy favorites and a lot of the fan favorites went out. There's still you know Michael Waltrip, Casey Kane, Joey Logano, Paul Menard, Kurt Busch. You know, right at the end they were all up there. Chase Elliott, Waltrip is that is he like the son of or a grandson of another racer? Are you talking about Daryl Waltrip? Is that his yes, father or something? Okay, I was going to say, because that cannot be the same guy from when I was a kid. No, that was Daryl Waltrip you're thinking of. Gotcha. 
That's DW. That's the guy at the beginning of every race that goes, boogity, 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 let's go racing. Yeah. It sounds like he smoked a couple Marlboros and had a couple fucking uh, Budweiser's before he got in his car. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes the way he drove, people thought. Dude, you know, let's be honest here. Back in the day, that shit had to have happened. I mean, especially before NASCAR was like NASCAR. You know, them dudes sometimes, I bet you there was a couple flask in those cars at times. <laughs> well, like you pointed out before, it was started by, you know, bootleggers. Hello. Exactly, exactly. Oh, uh, shit. So, our, our, because our, our, in the group chat, because our listeners aren't part of the group chat, um, I used you decided to go ahead and shit all over, uh, a boogie there, so go ahead and get this over with. No, it just he seems to have flopped. He got another technical, and and when we talk about boogie, we we've shifted folks from NASCAR to basketball. Uh, he he seems to have flopped. They've lost four straight since they got him. Uh, he got another technical foul and a one game suspension. And it's like okay, whether he, whether he makes a difference in New Orleans or not, you can definitely see why they traded him. <laughs> And I guess, but I mean, you're calling the guy, fl- it's been a week, man. It has been like may- maybe a little bit over. I mean, it's, I, I'm going to put it maybe a little too close to, you can't call it yet. And granted, there, the things you said are correct as far as him getting the technical and that stuff. But at the same, I mean, new coach, new system, new players, you know, as much as we shit on him, he ain't LeBron James, all right? You can't just go anywhere and instantly have an effect. I mean, just, I just think, you know, trust me, we, we've talked about cousins, you know, a few times on the show, but I just, I think after a little over a week, just calling him a flop is a little, a little unfair to the guy. Well, like I said, whether he's a flop or whether he makes a difference, either way, you can see why they have traded him. Um, yeah, I have to, uh, a one game suspension, yet another technical four game losing streak. Doesn't seem like he's a good clubhouse guy at the very least. I'll say that. I don't know if I'm going to go so far as to say he's a flop because there is a, a period of adjustment, but I mean, come on, dude. You got to walk in and bring more to the table than that, especially if you're going to, with his reputation of being this, as much of a shit talker as he is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he's not doing people like me any favors or trying to defend him. I will concede that point. But let's, like I said, there's really it's not make, it's not a matter of defense. The way he traded was pretty shitty too. You know, found out in a press conference at the All Star game. Once again, though, Chris, look at his body of work. Look what he's doing, and and the fact that he's continuing it at the location he got traded to. I mean, you know, that's that's just the type of player he is. That's who you got. You knew you were getting it. You got it, and you can't be surprised that that happened. I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. It could also be seen as a, as a sign that Sacramento is giving up. I mean, they're, they're going, all right, we're, we're not going to do anything this season. What we've been doing isn't working. Eh, let's start here. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they're giving up, but maybe a rebuild, definitely. Uh, and they saw it as, you know, he, he's definitely kind of a poison. You know, like Rich said, he's not a clubhouse guy by any stretch of anybody's imagination. And his on-court antics is is costing him, you know, points and wins for that matter. I'm just saying, for for the the Kings to trade him, I mean, his first month, if you will, or not month, his first two weeks at a, at a new new place, 
it just proves that they were right. Does does he change and go, I have seen the errors of my ways. I'm so sorry. Maybe. But as of yet, it's the same story, different place. Well, he's definitely, when we talked about the trade, a few comparisons to, you know, if we're looking on the, or if you're uh, <laughs> the Pelicans, and looking on the hopeful side, that maybe you could compare him to like what happened with Sheed when he came to Detroit. Um, I don't think that team is anything like that going to work Pistons where Sheed walked in the locker room and they were like, <laughs> yo, what's up? Yeah, you're our boy and all, but uh, this is how we do shit here, and that shit ain't going to fly. So doesn't seem like, you know, he got the uh, the talking to that maybe Sheed did. Either that or he's just pissed that he got traded like he did, and he just is out there playing like he don't give a fuck. Yeah, but the Pelicans aren't Detroit either. Detroit had Ben Wallace and Tayshaun Prince and Chauncey Billups that went up and made that speech. Pelicans don't have them people. They don't have anybody close to those people. They yeah, have one guy, remember, this is and before he ain't going to go up and talk to them. Yeah, remember, that was before they won a championship. All right, and outside of Detroit, besides maybe Ben Wallace and, and Chauncey, hardly anyone knew who Rip and Tayshawn were, and they didn't give a fuck, more importantly. Well, they kind of knew who Rip was because of what he did over in Washington. But what I'm saying is, look back at that team when they went up against the Lakers in the finals. Nobody nationally gave them a shot. Nobody. And what happened? The five-game sweep, as it's called around these parts. You know? Right. So, I mean, it, it's just, that's where I'm. That's where the comparison's coming from. It just doesn't seem like that team is built like, like the Pistons were as far as, you know, you ain't going to come in here with your bullshit and your and your your nonsense and your big personality and overshadow the team. No one on this team is is more important than the team. You know. You, you know what though? I also want to put that on the coach too, though. Well, as I say, maybe he's getting that talking to now. Like, hey, listen, dipshit, you just got here. You've already been suspended a game. You got a technical. Like, maybe he's getting it now. You know, he's like, listen, I didn't want you. All right, Sacramento had to give me a fucking bag of basketballs with you to take you. Maybe he's getting it now. Who knows? Well, either way, I mean, I think it's too early to fucking make a call one way or the other definitively. Uh, but if I'm Sacramento, you know, weaker and some whatever and some change after the trade, I'm sitting there going, I feel pretty comfortable with my decision. I mean, he's right. not giving them any reason to regret it so far. Yeah, right. Now, with that being said, in other trade news in the NBA – who wants to bet on what the next thing LeBron's going to bitch about is now that he has his players? Officials. I mean, that's a, that's an evergreen thing for LeBron anyways, right? Well, I just, I can't, I, I, I just, I really want to see what he has to bitch about now because he's got, quote, the help. Well, I, what, his coach, look, look, it's, it's, it's real simple. It's one of three things, his coach, his GM. Or the officials. Because now he's got his, like you said, now he's got his help. He's never going to fucking say it's him. He's never going to blame himself. And, I, and hey, you know, if he come out and he goes, hey, we lost because of me, well, prove me wrong. Okay, I'll be happy to eat my words. I got a salt and pepper shaker not that far from where I'm sitting. I could season it up real nice. But I just don't I mean, think that's likely. I mean, he got his coach. All right. He did that two years ago. So now he's got his help. So what's, what's going to be? Coach is off the list. Help is off the list. So that knocks coach and GM off. So I mean, it, it, 
is it just de facto officials at this at this point? Because well, he's got everything he's wanted out of his GM in the last three years. I mean, if he went scorched earth policy, he could go after his coach or his GM, but I doubt he will because they <laughs> the GMs proved they're going to that team has proved they're going to bend over backwards to keep him happy and do their best to keep him there. The team has There's, bent over backwards. Yeah, he got okay. a winning coach fired. Exactly. All right. So there's that. So unless he's really ignorant and he really is just completely tone deaf to the room, he's not going to bite the hand that's fed him constantly. So he's going to go after the officiating. And I think we can all agree that once the playoffs start, that's when we're probably going to hear it the most. I'm honestly surprised you don't hear about the officiating more than you do from the players in the in the NBA cuz the NBA is what the only of the major four sports here in 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 the states that have had flat out no if ands or buts about it uh referees get caught basically being crooked as fuck yeah did you didn't you notice how much of a non story that seemed to be when that came out too it was talked about for a couple days maybe I'll even give it a week and then it just seemed to just be swept under the rug. Was it, did that happen in the David? Yeah, that was David Stern, right? Because Silver's only new in the last what two or three years. Yeah, well, you can't you can't tell me that there wasn't some behind the scenes, you know, people calling in favors and hey, look, I know you got to report the story, but let's not go crazy with it. And then on top of that, who TBS, TNT, NBA has a lot more reach than. I mean, it, it, it probably honestly goes, as far as the sports, it goes football has the most. I would say NBA is in second just because TNT and TBS carry their games, regular season games. Baseball probably the lead or, or the, the, the next most, and NHL has no reach. NHL is just lucky they're on TV. So, I mean, yeah, it's not shocking that it was buried. Well, it wasn't to me, at least. I mean, the NFL pretty much, except for that one game between Seattle and, and Green Bay, got away unscathed with their fucking ref uh, bullshit, and that wasn't even as big of a scandal. It was just shitty refs who had no business being in that game. They were punching way above their fucking weight class. Well, I guess I do want to qualify what I say with, I guess, to, to sports fans, it wasn't so much swept under the rug, but in, in in the general zeitgeist, all right? Everybody knows about Pete Rose getting caught for gambling, right? I'll bet Everybody you only people steroids. who follow sports could even tell you that the NBA scandal even happened, let alone tell you the guy's name, which is Tim Donahue, right? But you know, it just it, it just seemed like it, it. It didn't seem like it was made as big of a deal as it should have been made of when it happened. I mean, because it's... You're generally catching – you were catching the games being rigged. It's probably the only sport where that's ever happened. At least red-handed like that. Yeah. It's, it, I mean, you have to, you touché, have to go Rich, back to, the, to the, uh, uh, the, the Chicago Black Sox scandal for – well, I mean, I guess you could go you could go to the Boston College point-shaving scandal. And this is, is either the 70s or the 80s. But, I mean, that's not pro sports. But, yeah, in, in baseball, you got to go all the way back to that, to a team agreeing basically or – the the key players on a team basically agreeing to throw a game, throw a, throw a World Series, but that still isn't to me is not as bad as the as the refs or the umpires. Those are the guys that are supposed to be the most impartial. I mean, that's yeah, those are the guys a, keeping the game honest. Yeah, 
in in one theory. I say quote unquote honest. I mean, I it, 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 Iceman's dislike of of uh, LeBron James has been well documented on the show, but I do I I got to give him I got to give him slack on this. If things don't go LeBron's way, I do think that the next group of people or whatever that he puts in his crosshairs are going to be the referees. Well, yeah, because you guys also left out the commentators. He went after the commentators. Well, the, okay, and that's something in the NBA that, to <coughs> excuse me, to me is getting old. Okay, these NBA players really need to shut the fuck up and realize that commentators' job is to talk about what the fuck is going on in the sport, not just not just what happens on the hardwood when the clock's running. I'm talking about the sport. Because it's ridiculous the amount of fucking guys coming out and talking shit about former NBA players. And I'm sitting there like, what the fuck have you done to talk shit about Shaq like that? Not a goddamn thing. You come out and talk shit. He couldn't hit a free throw, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? How about this? You go up against him in your prime, and he goes up against you in his prime, and we'll see who fucking owns who. Well, not just Shaq, Shaq can't hear all that noise because his NBA rings are plugging his ears. too much noise. <laughs> And he What's was that? never All put in a position. Got too loud. What? <laughs> he was never put in a position where he had to hit the free throw either. Exactly. He knew what he was. Shaq was very self-aware. Which is something that seems to be lacking in a lot of these these players who take exception to what's being said about him. I mean, this isn't a case of. It's not an isolated case of. Okay, let's be honest here. A guy like Charles Barkley. When you hire a guy like Charles Barkley, you know what you're getting. You're getting a guy who's going to say inflammatory things, who's going to say out, outrageous, outlandish shit at times. And that's part of the appeal of having someone like Charles Barkley as a commentator. But they're going after anybody who dares say anything less than, oh, they're the GOAT. And it's just, it, it's ridiculous. C- cut it the fuck out. Grow up. Grow some thicker skin. Go home and dry your tears off with that big contract you got, all right? No one wants to hear this shit. Yeah, it's like it's not like the the media is a surprise to you if you're a professional athlete. You've been talking to reporters since you were in fucking high school, all right? Everybody you idolized when you were growing up had to deal with the media, all right? You know who Marv Albert is. You know who Howard Cosell was. You know who Bob Costas is, all right? You know who all these sideline reporters are. You know who fucking Chris Berman is. This isn't new. It wasn't like you got drafted and they went, oh, hey, by the way, uh, something we didn't tell you. You have to deal with the media. Comes with the territory, guys. Well, not just that. And and this point has been made over and over again. LeBron James is the defending NBA champion. Why all of a sudden does he need help? Why? For what? You won. You have the exact same team you won with. Because he didn't win easily. Look, dude, we've... We've gone up and down this fucking subject to the point where it's not even a dead horse. It's dust and bones. We're literally kicking dust that used to be bones on this subject. And the only thing that we have never said that, that I can think of, because we've went, we've went from his, he's, he's, his mindset to he's not as self-confident as he projects and everywhere and all this bullshit. He wants to win. He wants to sweep every team in every round until he's handed the fucking, championship trophy that ha- it's the only other thing that we haven't fucking said 
And guess what? It's just not realistic, man. As much as I'm not a fan of the NBA for a lot of the shit they fucking, the rules they've changed in the last 25, 30 years, the one thing I will say about the NBA is the NBA playoffs are no bullshit, just like the NHL playoffs. It's a fucking grind. It's almost a mini season after you just played 82 games or whatever it is. Yeah, it, they're, they're, those are both sets of playoffs where you get like halfway through them. You're like, Jesus, these things are still going on. You realize they're only halfway done. Exactly. So it's it's not baseball, you know, where before they had the game, you know, the one game wildcard playoffs where, you know, you had a best of five, a best of seven, and in the World Series, best of seven. And before that, you had literally a best of seven and a best of seven. You know, you had your, your, your East versus West and AL and NL, and then you had the World Series. It's not that, and it's and it's not it's not it's not college basketball, it's not pro football, it's not one and done. It's a fucking grind, and it's all there is to it, dude. You keep asking the same question every week, Earl, and at this point, I'm starting to get annoyed with the question. Well, the I think I've been I pretty lenient. I think I've been pretty lenient. He keeps coming on and, no. and complaining about different people at different times for what? Every time I say that shit, and I keep saying it, and I keep talking about it. I keep telling you how much I dislike him. He comes out and does something else. I'm just going to stop talking about the motherfucker. I, dude, I don't know. I don't know. What are, what are your theories? I mean, because, dude, it, it, we throw it out there. We brainstorm on it. We waste so much fucking time on this shit, and we get nowhere because the next week we're doing the same thing starting from square one. Because he comes out and does it. something else stupid or says something else stupid. Well, I think this week the conversation started. like He's got his help. What's he going to complain about now? So he's, that was a waiting game, really. Just take bets. Yeah, and it's not. It's not if. It's when. <laughs> I got. I got twenty on the officials. Oh wait, wait. He. he the fans. You know that. That's another be person. The fans. Another group you can talk shit about. We, we, we talked about the officials. We talked about the commentators. The fans. He get in the fans' ass. But we'll After see. After the way you know? he left Cleveland, that would be a terrible, terrible idea. But hey, it is LeBron, so. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else going on in the NBA. Did, or do we pretty much cover? Because it seems that Rich, you set a pretty good uh, trade deadline. Living in the NBA, not not much happening. Well, there was that. There was that uh, story that um, about the uh, high school wrestler. Yeah, yeah, you guys seem to know about this. I don't. I think I might have heard something about it, but something about a transgender wrestler. Well, I'll, I'll defer to Earl on this one because he seems to know the most about it. Now, I, I posted the article in our private chat. It's the guy, the the girl, if you will, wanted so to wrestle. Girl going to guy. Right. He wants to clarify wa- for everyone. All right. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm not politically correct. I don't know if to call him or her or she. I don't know. Whatever. The wrestler wanted to wrestle with the boys. She, she he started out as a girl. They wouldn't. The laws of Texas wouldn't allow uh, the female to wrestle with the males. So the parents of this child decided to let her become a him and start injecting testosterone and start the change into becoming a man. The problem with all of that is, like I said, the laws in Texas won't allow a female to wrestle with a male. I don't care if you go get your boobs cut off, get a, your penis added, doesn't matter. You have to wrestle with the gender that is on your birth certificate. Yeah, that's, which that's to be how I heard the law described word for word. So even with all the testosterone and hormones and everything she injected, they still wouldn't let her wrestle with the boys. So she wrestled with the females. 
She went undefeated and won championships, honestly. Well, what do you mean? A female injected with testosterone whooped everybody's ass in a female division? No way. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I mean, I'm with, you know, it's transgender. You want to live your truth, rock and roll. It's free country. You're allowed to. Things are swinging your way. But, I mean, there's part of me that was thinking while you were telling this story, you know what? Let them wrestle, all right? Let let the transgender wrestle with the boys, all right? Let her slash him get her ass kicked, and then maybe this will calm down some of this noise. Is you have to let me do this because yes, great, but we've talked about an unregimented rich, all right? Bone density is bigger, all right. You have more muscle mass, all right. You are, in some cases, you are physically stronger. You're more physically dominant. I mean, it. it, it it's the reason there's weight classes with men. I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm in the middle on this. You know, you want to do your thing, great. But at the same time, you want to be treated like everybody. Let's treat you like everybody. Show you that, hey, guess what? We're not all equal. As much as we want to believe it, as much as we think it's possible, we're not all equal. We're not. Right. Some people are bigger than others. And I think letting that kid get their ass whooped would probably serve more of a purpose. That's well, just me. Here's the problem. There's there's a problem on a couple of levels for me on this. One, fair play. Even if she, he, whatever, wrestle, even if the wrestler wrestled with the boys, okay, she might beat him because of all the injections she's doing to her body. I mean, that's just like the PED boys in baseball. All of a sudden, they're hitting harder. That's going further. They're getting more home runs. So, you know, the fair play... Of, of this person, this wrestler wrestling on either side, male or female, is thrown out because of all the injections they're putting in their body. Strangely, Earl, I see your point. Because you uh, could make the argument of, well, if that wrestler is injecting testosterone, why can't I inject testosterone? Well, it's, and it's not just the testosterone that she's adding. She's adding a lot of male hormones and a lot of things that would increase her strength. And endurance, you know, because our us as men just naturally produce those chemicals. And if you want to be a man, well, you have to have those chemicals. And if you're a woman, well, you have to inject those chemicals. And if you inject those chemicals at a higher rate than what us as men actually produce naturally, well, then you got an unfair advantage. I mean, that's that's so the fair play of whether she wrestled in either male or female is one of my problems. My second issue is. I don't think she's old enough. Yeah, we're 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 simpatico on this one because we've talked about this on unregimented. I think messing with your body's chemistry before it's done cooking is wrong. And let your body finish and then start altering it. Well, not just your body, your mind. You might change your mind. She's in high school. What happens when she reaches twenty one and decides, you know what, I wanted to be a female? Why did I do this? Well, let's let's try to tackle our talking points about this about this subject one at a time here first one is i don't really know dick about high school wrestling so i defer to people who know a lot more about the sport one of the people who i listen to his podcast a lot is joe rogan and joe rogan has talked about apparently in mma there was a male who transitioned to female and was allowed to fight against the females and apparently this fighter was just crushing the competition to the point where even hardcore MMA supporters were like, 
and and you know hardcore you know people under the you know who were like supporting look he he, he wants he wants to transition to a female and wants to be called a female i respect his wishes he's a female whatever but this looks like domestic violence this looks like a man with long hair straddling a woman on the ground and beating the shit out of her because when two women fight who are let's say five the yeah, average average woman's height in this country is, is somewhere around five six okay so let's say you got two women that are fighting it's five six when you're watching it even on a huge tv they may look big but you know that they're around the same size average height for a man in this country is six foot all right, so let's let's put him at under average. Let's say he's five ten. Okay, so he's got a four a four inch height advantage. He's got the fact that his bone density does not change, his muscle mass doesn't change, and now he's grounding and pounding some chick who is if she's of average height and build, he she's already given up a ton of weight and 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 reach on him. So, you know, even Joe Rogan, who is a commentator for UFC. Is that's his that's his that's his bread and butter? That's his paycheck. That's basically how he makes his living. Has spoke out against their decision to do that. That tells me that as someone who him as someone who has trained in different disciplines of martial arts and striking since he was like ten, eleven, twelve years old, for him to speak out against a possible paycheck because he feels it's wrong, I have to defer to his knowledge, and it tells me that yeah. Uh, sorry, you probably shouldn't be competing against people of your opposite gender just because you've transitioned. Because we all know what would have happened if this wrestler who transitioned from female to male had stepped into a ring and gotten seriously injured by a, by a, a birth sex male. All hell would break loose. Well, my question is, is where's your line then? With, not to you, Rich, just rhetorically. Do you want people who transition to be treated equally or do you want them to get special treatment? Do you want, or do you not want to project the image of uh, domestic violence? You can't have it both ways. Okay. What are you, what are you going here's, for here? Here's my problem. How do you treat them quote fairly, but not infringe on the rights of the naturally born? Let them fight. Because one, because one thing I'll, I'll play devil's advocate with your, your, your supplement argument, Earl is you can argue that those gentlemen don't also have uh, estrogen floating around in their system and uh, things in their body actively producing estrogen. So you could argue that's like strike one against the person transitioning to male is they got an extra chemical kicking around in their body. So, I mean, it's, I'm playing devil's advocate with that argument. I'm saying let them, let them get their ass whooped. I agree, you, with, you, I agree with Chris. Equal treatment is your goal. Let them get their ass whooped. I agree with I agree with Chris on this, and we've said it before on the show. It was before you joined Earl, um, and we don't even and I don't even think we brought up uh, uh, transgender, whatever the word is at the moment, because it'll change probably in a couple days. That's acceptable. Um, I think we were just talking about co-ed sports, and I, I said, okay, this is the real simple way to handle this. You're in high school. You're a female. You want to play on a traditionally male football team. Okay, your parents sign a waiver. No matter how bad you're hurt, injured, even if you're killed, you are solely responsible for your own choice. That's it. And since they're a minor, it falls on the parents. And the parents, but they, if they sign that paper, they have no recourse to go after anybody. Go play. Because then you're going to find out if that person, one, really wants to play, and two, 
can hang. Because I'll make this argument. There's some females that, that we knew growing up, Earl, who were bigger than some teams, any lineman, defensive or offensive lineman, on, on teams that you played against. I'm thinking of one in particular whose name starts with a, is, is the same, shares, shares her name with a month of the year. I got you. Okay. The thing that's also the thing that people are missing is women and, and okay, it'll be my opinion. I believe women don't have the same competitiveness that men do. I, I don't, not to say that women aren't competitive or that they don't want to win. I believe they do, but men will come onto a fo- football field or a wrestling ring and want to hurt, kill, maim the other person. Whatever it takes to get my hand raised in the air. I don't feel women have that. Some might, but the majority won't. Oh, Earl, you're, you're, you're straying into territory of men and women are created different and wired different. And come on, Earl, we're all the same now. It's our new society. No, I, I, I don't know. I'm being sarcastic. I, I agree with you. It. Men and women are wired different. And if you fucking deny it, then you deny fucking biology because it's been proven. You know, one of the things I think is interesting, and I don't know the details, so I'm not going to claim that I'm speaking as an expert on this incident, but it has, it, it was, it was severely underreported, but it was reported in certain news outlets, is a straight female play, her dream was to grow up and play professional basketball. And she realized her dream. She was drafted and she played in the WNBA. And she said, I was the only straight female in my locker room and I was harassed and singled out and fucked with constantly. What are you here for, bitch? This ain't for you. This is for us because everybody else on the team was gay. And she said, I'd never, I'd never experienced that before. Now just throwing this out there. I don't have anything backing it up. I'm literally pulling it out my ass. Seems to me that, that, that kill or be killed competitive spirit you're talking about Sounds like the team that she joined. A lot of them, a lot of them women had that that's that type of mentality, and she really yeah. didn't. She was coming from more of the uh, what is the word traditional? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, let's work as a team. Let's do this. I mean, I can tell you, I can tell you one thing right now. Having played sports, having been around a bunch of fucking jocks all my life, jocks compete with everything. Everything is a contest. It is annoyingly so there is never just you sitting next to him and him sitting next to you and you guys are doing the same thing that in a person who's ultra competitive is mine that is a competition they don't even see it you could be sitting there eating you're both eating the exact same meal and it's a competition about him right now it's jd and turk playing steak yes (laughs) 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 who could (laughs) earl and i did this Fucking, his dad would go, are you boys hungry? Yes. And he'd order up a stuffed crust pizza, and Earl would say, I can eat a whole stuffed crust pizza by myself. And I'd say, you can't eat a whole stuffed crust pizza by himself. And his dad would order two large stuffed crust pizzas, and Earl would have to sit there and make himself sick trying to eat the whole fucking thing. I know this because I've seen this. I've witnessed this. I've been through this. I've been on both sides of it. I've been on the eye-rolling side, and I've been on the, I'm either going to do this, or I'm going to fucking throw up, or make myself sick, pass out, or die trying. Right, and you've also watched me and you've commented on this show about how I used to try to arm wrestle everybody. Constantly. 
Right. Constantly. Women don't do that shit. For the and, most part. And, and, and the ones the, that are out there to the do... basketball team you're talking about, it sounded like they were entitled. It didn't sound like they were there to ha- have kill or be killed. When I'm talking about that, Rich, I'm talking about going out there and going, all right, either you're going to die or I'm going to die trying. One or the other. One of those two things are going to happen. I don't see a woman coming on a football field or a wrestling match and, and, and having that mentality. They're coming out there with the... All right, well, let's see what we can do. We're going to try it our best and see what happens. Part of it, too, when I hear this, I kind of flash back to Mean Girls. And, uh, yeah, well, I'll just say it. It's, it's It could be more maybe with these women being catty. I mean, it's we've all we, – we've known women, right? I'm sure we've all met a woman before, hung out with a woman or two, uh, went to school with them. Uh, women – when they when they find the the weak one, I mean they gang up and they fucking, I mean they'll make that one chick's life hell when they when they've decided one person is not on the island. I mean, could this be a little bit of that too? The, and therefore, the grace of God, it's not me mentality. There, uh, the cruelest non sociopathic, non criminal, not in prison people I've ever met are teenage females. I was about to say middle school girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They they make not in violence, not in physical violence at least, but in mental and verbal abuse. They make drill instructors from the Full Metal Jacket era look like they don't know what the fuck they're doing. I have That's seen where you get the Catch Me Outside. How about that? That's where you get well, that. girls and women. They're masters of insecurity. Like they will find, and it's and it's and to be fair, they don't just do it to their own kind. They do it to us too. They will find the one. You know, they won't even be a dick about it. They'll be passive aggressive about it. They'll find like this one question that they know will just fucking eat at your soul. You know, something as simple as like it's just example that I'm thinking of. But like, oh, are you gonna wear that? Like something like that. Like it's passive aggressive as shit, and it will just get in under your skin and drive you insane. Like they are the masters of that shit. Come on, come I on. Think- you guys have been married. You know what I'm talking about. I think uh-huh. I was on on the show when I brought this up in Oregon. There was a, a male athlete that was a track star that transgendered in high school and ran with the women. Did I mention that on this show? Yeah, and you see, just broke all kinds of records. Yeah, everybody's well, Oh, she, he transitioned from male to female. Right. Okay. For some reason, I heard that the opposite. I'm like, I find it hard to believe, but if the opposite makes sense. No. Yeah, he killed or she. The runner, I don't know how to fucking, I'm not. Look, here, look, about I'm just going to tell you, I'm, look, I'm, because in, cause instead of going through this every five minutes on this subject, because this subject is going nowhere. Even Whatever though it's they point, became, you use that pronoun, Earl. That's their preferred pronoun. If you choose not to use it, just then call them by their birth sex and be prepared that if the wrong person hears it one day, you're going to hear it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, she killed him, and that's and that because of the Texas law, she, this wrestler wasn't allowed to wrestle with the boys, so she stayed with the girls, and she killed him. Now, here's here's where it gets interesting because she's born a female, she transitioned to male, so she got to wrestle according to the law. She has to wrestle with the females, and she kicked ass. Okay. Do you think that result would have been the same if she was allowed to wrestle with the males? No, I, I have no she idea. Had ass I, I mean, that's. But, because because that's where the rubber meets the road in this in in this topic for me is that if we're going to act and yes yes and and you can send your hate mail uh, directly to our Facebook page 
you can if you can find Orgy it. at ChristopherMedia.net. If you want to go the email route, you know, we'll okay. read it out loud. The meat of this issue is okay, we're going to act like we're all created hundred percent equal. That's not the truth. Yes, we all have equal rights, but we're all created unequal. Okay, there's a difference between equality in outcome and equity from the get-go. Everybody's starting from the same starting line. You're not guaranteed you're all going to finish at the same time just because you started from the same starting line. Life and whether you believe in God, uh, uh, Buddha, Allah, whoever the fuck is your imaginary friend, or if you're just one of these people that are like, oh, the universe, oh, yeah, and all this bullshit, whatever you believe in, it ain't fair, and it don't care about your feelings, and it, and it doesn't care about being fair. In fact, it is completely, you are irrelevant to it. So the hand you are dealt you have to play. Now, if you choose to go, I want to turn in all my cards, and we as a society let you, and you go, okay, so you were born a woman, but you think you were a man. Okay, you're now a man. We're going to give you hormones. We're going to give you surgery, and ta-da, here you go. You can even change your birth certificate if you want. That's fine. But where the rubber meets the road is, now that you're a man, go fight other men. Go wrestle other men. Go play against other men. Because you're going to find out something that a lot of guys handing out water on the sidelines in high school found out. They're not good enough to be on the team. Ding, ding, ding. There you go, everybody. That's, you know, sports is demonizing our society so much. And I don't understand why. I mean, I do to a point, but it teaches us, once again, talk about well-worn carpet. It teaches us at the beginning of life, one of the fundamental keys to this conversation and life life isn't fair sometimes somebody's better than you at something you know i mean where's the line here are we going to start fucking talking about inequality for smaller sized dudes like that's the thing is is life now unfair to me because i was born smaller than earl no i was just thinking thinking tall people now have to wrestle on their knees (laughs) yeah i know right only six foot people can fight six foot people only five foot five people can fight five foot five people. I mean, I get, you could argue that's what they do with weight classes, but it's, I guess I say it all the time on pretty much every podcast I do. Where is the line? Where is your line? Because you have a line here, you got a line over here, you got a line here. All right? There's ah, consistency, man. That's all I'm looking for, consistency. But uh, as I've learned in three years of doing podcasts, that shit was fucking sale. That shit ain't happening. Now, people have taken the 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 phrase, you can be anything you want to be, and they've taken that to a whole new extreme. Oh, I can be anything I want to be? Well, I want to be a supermodel. Dude, you've got more chest hair than a grizzly bear. Well, yeah. I want to be a supermodel. I can be whatever I want to be. Man, man, man. And yeah, it's dude, just... you're 350 pounds and have back <laughs> hair. You cannot be a Calvin Klein underwear model. Unless you transition to a this. female, unless you transition to a female, then you're a big, beautiful woman. Which is interesting. I'm just going to put this out here. Uh, there was a five foot two, 280 pound female who was recently signed to one of the major model, modeling agencies. Test something or another, and everybody stood up and cheered. What a breakthrough for the average woman! Five foot two, 280 pounds. It's not average. It's morbidly obese. Now. Just recently, in the last couple of weeks, that's a huge bitch. The world's first plus size male model was signed. What? 
was about to ask, how come they, they're, they're on, standing up on, and cheering? Where's models that look like you, Rich? Where's, where's models that look like Big Rob? Hold on. Hold All right. On. What's, Hold on. Let me where, get to it. Where's our line here? Okay. The first plus-size male model was signed by a major modeling agency. He's six foot six, 220 pounds. Oh, yeah. That's average. That's a fucking NFL player. We, that, and that's, six that's foot two, plus size. 220? That ain't plus size. That's big and tall. Exactly. That's about the normal weight for a guy who's six six, uh, who's yeah, athletic. He's, what's he? Two twenty five. He looks like a fucking lumberjack. Fifteen, and I'm not fucking plus size. What are you fucking talking about? So, the, so in answer to the question that was asked earlier, that somehow got glossed over. Okay, and it, we've covered it on on unregimented. The problem is you have people who want equality, but they want their set asides too, and you can't. That's not. That's that's the very. That's the antithesis of the definition of equality yes all right you have to make up your mind do you want true equality or do you want rational ways of dealing with things using logic and reason and rationality because true equality goes against everything in nature in any religious text you read bottom line everything so if we are all created exactly equal and we'll stay that way to the day we die, no matter what. Then we all are going to have to start pretending a lot more, even than we did when we were kids and played cops and robbers. Yeah, we're Rich was set aside. I think you were the one that brought that up maybe in another podcast. I think you were saying it was someone who was talking about affirmative action, like Bernie Mac or something like that. Yeah. That's exactly where yeah. I got that phrase from, Bernie Mac. Yeah, it talks about, like, you know, affirmative action is giving you your set aside. It's like, we think we should be equal, but here's the quota. Like, uh, Bernie Mac was like, no, that's, that's not how this works. If, if equality is your true goal, getting something because you view yourself in a protected class, to me, uh, to me, it goes under the thing of I'm, I am highlighting my difference to prove I am equal to you. Doesn't make sense. Well, I mean, obviously, no one in the Texas uh, high school board of athletics or whatever the fuck it's called is going to give a shit about what we got to say. But maybe it's a good thing I'm not on that. I'm not the deciding member because I'd have said, let her wrestle with the, let him, since he's transitioned, wrestle with the boys. And here, you're going to sign this paperwork. And if he gets his arm pulled out of socket or he gets his neck broke because he gets slammed by someone who, and he has to wrestle in his weight class, by the way, none of this fucking you're showing up weighing in at 150 and we're going to put you against the guy who weighs 115. No, no, no. You wrestle against your weight class. And if he gets thrown around like a rag doll and fucked up, that's on the parents for signing that paperwork. Because you know what? We're going to teach people one way, one way or the other. You go learn today. You want, you want, you want things so fucking bad. Be careful what you wish for. Cause sometimes you just might fucking get them. Yeah. I mean, you could stand, you could stand over that person's folded ass after they get their ass beat and go, this is what you wanted. And I am, and just, just to clear up, I'm not against people fucking, transitioning and whatever the fuck I fall under the, what does it have to do with me? How does it affect me? Your rights to do what you want to yourself. And when it infringes upon my rights, her transitioning to a male does not infringe upon my rights whatsoever. Her insisting to be treated like a male. Okay. We're going to treat you like a male. And guess what? There's one thing, first thing you're going to learn, let me tell you something. If there's, for whatever reason, if there's a female out there listening who feels she was born in the wrong gender and wants to transition to male, I'm going to tell you the first lesson you better learn, and you better learn it quick. Guys, 
keep each other in line with violence and the threat of. You don't talk shit because you know you'll get your ass kicked. If you do talk shit, you better back it up. Because that yeah, protection you've had as a female all your life is gone the minute someone says, you're a motherfucking asshole. You're one of uh-huh. us now. So, no, and, and you know, I'll clarify too. I'm not against people transitioning either. I'm just against, I stated it before, and I'll just restate it. I'm against of treat me equal, but treat me special at the same time. That's what I'm against. You want to be equal? We'll treat you equal. But don't tell me to treat you equal and then want all this special treatment because it flies in the face of everything you're asking for when you're asking for equality. You know, Earl, let me ask a question. What, I, I, did it say in the story at all how the parents of the girls that had to wrestle against this this guy who had transitioned, how they felt yeah. about it? Yeah, they uh, didn't want to. There was a couple of parents that didn't let their child wrestle because they felt that he was cheating. Because he put all of these chemicals in his body to transition, and now he has to be with the females, so it's unfair. And now, and, and more so that some of them thought that they would hurt their daughter because of all the chemicals and, and things that got put in his body. Well, chemicals, hormones, first of all. But I, well, not I just do, hormones. I, he also took steroids for muscle mass. Okay, well, what I'm getting at is that... None of these parents' concerns were taken into consideration when the decision was made. The decision was basically, okay, your daughter, who's worked so hard to be a female wrestler up to this point, can either wrestle a female who's now transitioned or can kiss her wrestling career goodbye. No, it was, it's a state law, Rich. They don't... Listen to me. Listen to what I said. Oh, the, par- to what the I parents? Said. Yes, this is what was told to the parents. Your daughter can either wrestle a transitioned female to male or she can kiss her wrestling career goodbye. Yeah, and the parents were like, fine, then we just won't wrestle. And okay. it was just this, this year in this tournament that they were talking about, so they were okay with it. No, they're not going to let their daughter get in the ring and and wrestle this person. Absolutely not. Okay, and right there, one of the tenets of classical liberalism, not this regressive left, not the far left that, that, that we're being inundated with and, and pushed on us as the norm these days, they're not. They're, they're as whacked out as the wacky far-right people. Make no mistake. But what I'm getting at is one of the classical tenets of liberalism is the good of the many outweigh the good of the few or the one. All right? Not anymore. So more people. So these girls either had to risk bodily, serious bodily injury by wrestling someone who is amped up on hormones that are not naturally occurring in their own bodies when they get, when they set foot on that mat to wrestle, which could possibly cost them scholarships, their choice in college, that otherwise, if they had to wrestle a gender-born female, they would have had at least a level playing ground. Okay, so we've already... Texas, by trying to make that point, basically gave in to what is being referred to by certain people as the snowflakes. Because... This guy who transitioned from female and is now wrestling just got the easiest way to become a champion that he could have gotten in high school. I mean, that's the, and right there, if I'm him, that has to be a hollow victory. Who did I wrestle? I didn't wrestle people who I feel I am. I mean, if I went to go out to wrestle me, born as a male, and they said, you're going to wrestle all females, I would be, like, insulted. Well, you don't think I'm good enough to get in there with the guys? Yeah. I'd probably be the same way. Like, oh, what? Huh? This I'm winning? I mean, so it, 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 
There's a whole lot of layers to the story, and none of them are pretty. And really, I don't see anyone coming out for the better in this. The girls who had worked and trained to wrestle up to that point had to make a decision to either piss away all that training and, and, and all that sacrifice they made to get to where they were, or wrestle someone who has an, a, 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 an advantage, or wrestle them, get beat, possibly even injured. And this kid, he didn't prove anything. I don't know how anyone from the transgender community could hold him up as some sort of shining example, because ultimately he didn't prove that he's equal to the men that he transitioned to their gender. All he proved is if you're born a female and, you jack, and we jack you up on hormones and chemicals, whatever, you can probably beat a bunch of little fucking girls in high school. Congratulations. It's, it's a no-win situation. It's, it's America's favorite game. Heads you lose, tails they win. It's the game we love playing. We love setting people up to fail. We used to love watching people rise to the top because we love to tear them down, but the only thing we love more than tearing them down was a, was a comeback. We don't even love that anymore. We just want everybody to fail. And it's disgusting. Yeah, we, just, we just love kicking you now. Hey, you're getting back up. Let's kick them. Never even give them a chance to come back now. Kick them, kick, kick them, them immediately. You know, so as far as I'm concerned, any of the parents involved in this situation for the girls, they have a lot of my empathy and compassion. Okay. This guy, he's got it to a lesser extent because, I mean, unless he refused to wrestle the boys, if the state said go ahead and wrestle with the boys, then, then he would have none of my empathy or compassion. Fuck him. Basically, you wanted an unfair advantage. But if he was willing to, and he went out there and did it, hey, you know what? Take your take, take your wins and losses like everybody else. Because the one thing we haven't talked about is maybe he would have went in there and cleaned all them boys' clocks. You never no, fucking I, know. I, I said that. I said that because he's got high levels of testosterone and hormones that men can't naturally produce. So he might have, I mean, he might even have had a, a disadvantage or an advantage over the boys. And the more we talk about it, I think they took the fight to the wrong place. I think this guy should have refused to wrestle. Said, no, I'm not a girl anymore. I'm a male. I want to wrestle with the male. Should have, see, should have took it to like the Texas Supreme Court. I mean, that, to me, they took the fight to the wrong place. My my like, problem with this with this whole thing is if you're going to, change your gender, whatever, that's fine. And just like Rich said, I don't care as long as it doesn't infringe upon me. However, when you start talking about competing in a sport, you're infringing upon everybody else, regardless whether you stay with the gender you were born with or the one you transitioned to. You're still infringing upon their rights of fair play. If he, if, if he would have stayed with the women, which he did, he killed them, okay, if he went to the men, he still had an advantage because of all the chemicals he's injected that uh, that the boys at the high school level haven't been able to produce yet. So and when I'd like you to trans- ask this kid, what what is important to you? Because actions speak louder than words. Now you're making all this noise about I'm not allowed to wrestle with the boys, but go back to what I just said. What's more important to you? Did you want to wrestle or do you want to be treated equally? Because your actions are saying you just wanted to wrestle. Because, like I said, you should have, you, my opinion, you took the fight to the wrong place. Your goal was true equality. She said, I'm not wrestling. I'm going to the media. I'm taking this to court. But instead, it seemed like just the interest was just to keep wrestling. So now, so, so now I'm wondering, whose agenda is this really? 
Is it the parents of the kid? Is it the kid's agenda? Is it the school system? Who the fuck knows now? I'm just saying, if you're going to transgender, fine. But you can't bring that into a competitive sport. You just can't. There's no fair way to do it. Okay, well, they have. So can't is gone. That ship, bye-bye. It sailed, dude. You're, you're, you're pissing into a fucking ceiling fan talking about fucking spilled milk. It's useless. The point is, is that nothing was won. This was a fight that nothing was won. Everybody lost. Everybody. And as, as, as anyone who is a sports fan that has to piss people off, that is the opposite of the point of sports. You don't play sports so everybody comes in last. No one won. No ground was broken for transgendered people. No ground was broken in changing the laws in, 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 in Texas. These girls' careers, wrestling careers, might have been injured. I don't know. I'm going to tell you what. If I'm sitting at a, on, a, on a, if I'm an athletic director or if I'm a wrestling coach in a, in a college and her application comes across my desk and I look at it and I say, okay, she won, she won, she won, she won, she lost. Well, who did she lose to? Oh, she lost to that guy who transitioned. Well, we're just going to scratch that off her record as far as I'm concerned because that was unfair. But there's a lot of people out there, I'm sure we all know, who won't do that. So who knows how this is going to affect people in the long run. And what is this guy going to do? Is he going to wrestle in the college? Okay, so he's going to go to a, a, a college outside of the, the state of Texas? Then what? Let's say he does, go be, he does wrestle someplace where they let him wrestle boys. And he gets fucking his clock cleaned. He didn't win anything. His fight, Chris is right. His fight and a way to take a stand would have been to say, no, I'm not wrestling a bunch of females. I have transitioned to male. I want to wrestle the, the men. But for whatever reason, it was more important to, to, to win than it was to actually win fairly or with any type of honor in the situation. Which goes back to what you were saying earlier. Girls don't have it. Sounds like a pretty much a... Alpha male thing to me. I won by any means necessary. So there's one that did proves you wrong. Who was hopped up on hormones and testosterone. What's that? I'll get, I'll get, yep. I was going to say, maybe it comes with the hormones. Exactly. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Biology has something to do with, with shit. Oh, Rich, We're straying off. Everyone's the same narrative. I know. I, sorry, I didn't mean to bring science and, and facts into this fucking discussion. <laughs> oh, no, I, I can't talk like science said, and facts anymore. What did... That's like the main lesson from 2016. <laughs> like I said, I agree with you both. Facts. And I just, I, I take it a step further and say, if you're going to transition, you can't bring it to the sports world fairly. Rich, you said they have, and that's fine. And that's fine. No, no, but they brought but, it to the sports world. There's, to me, there's no fairness in any of this. There isn't. There really isn't. There will never be. And there really can't be. There no, just if, can't. If, if you're having a if you're having a little requiem for the fact that there's that there's no fairness in this situation, I understand that. But the fact that they brought it into the sports world, that ship's done sailed. It's done. This is this is. Oh yeah. This I know. this is this is the tip of the spear, and the rest of it's coming through your ass in a, in a heartbeat. Believe that. Anybody listening that thinks this is going to be a one time only thing, you're fooling yourself. Well, no, that's why I said you know I I brought back up the person in uh. The, the woman in the track and field in Oregon, the transition, you know, and dominated the women, was able to compete with who he transitioned to and dominated. It, there will never be a fairness allowed when people transition. And yeah, I mean, because that's the you're right. I mean, that's the other side of that equation. This is person allowed to cross line whoops everybody's ass as opposed to the Texas situation is the reverse. 
transitions, not allowed to cross line, still whoops everybody's ass. So I, I get where you're coming from with the fairness, Earl. I do. My And but, my last point and problem is the fact that they're transitioning at such a young age. Because Rich, Chris, I'm sure you guys have been addicted and thought, you know, th- I want to do this for the rest of my life. Or, you know, I, I want to have this, you know, in my life forever, uh, be it a tattoo or whatever. And then you get older and you're like, oh, my God, what was I thinking? The fuck was I thinking? Right. And you're yeah, looking at a picture. I'll, I'll give you or, that, or too. Talk to video. us at 16. Talk to us at 26. Talk to us at 36. You're getting three different answers. Or right. I will say this. That is a that is a that is an excellent point, And it's a it's a very valid subject and concern. The problem is if we go down that rabbit hole on this podcast, unless you got another, another three hours from this point on, we're not going to get to any other subject if we try to keep it to our regular time limit. I totally understand where you're coming from, though. I agree with you. I'll just leave it at that. If you, it, these, it's, I am, uh, let me just say this and then I, I will do my best to bite my tongue unless you guys verbally date rape me and force me to talk about it from after this. If you are a parent of a 10, 11, 12 year old and you won't let them play with, or not play with, won't let them go to a shooting range and shoot a firearm because you don't trust them enough. Why are you giving your kids hormones to change their sex? At that age, because they said so. Okay, when I was 10, 11, 12, I could say a lot of things. Doesn't mean I was ready for it. When I was 10 and 11, I, 12, I think eating cinnamon crunch for every meal was a good fucking idea. All right? It's not. And I could subsist on candy bars. No, it's, it's all food. No, horrible idea. But speaking of transitioning of another sort, the uh, NHL trade deadline has been stupid active this fucking year. I am actually shocked at how active it's been. Um, Chris, I know you said that, that, uh, two of the goalies, cause I guess the bit, the, the big one going back would be to the 26th. We're recording on the 28th today. Um, would be the Kings getting Bishop for, uh, Budai and, and, uh, Cernik from the Lightning, along with a, a seventh round pick and a 2017 conditional pick. And that's it. That fucked my hockey team up because I know Budai ain't starting anymore. Motherfucker. <laughs> he, he was starting for quick. And now he's probably going to go warm the bench in Tampa Bay. Uh, but well, I, I know Earl, yeah, you'd I mean, asked in the group chat what the fuck was this trade about. To me, this is a trade that it's a oh shit, just in case trade. And I don't understand it because. Well, wasn't quick supposed to be back by now? Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And, but there were, I guess the worry is if he comes back and he re injures himself some point, they want to have a very solid backup. Well, Budai played you into what? Within three games of a wild card spot since Quick's been gone? He, he's my best goalie all year. Bishop, pretty much, Bishop was a non factor in January. I think he's been injured twice this year already. And I had, what's his name, Craig Anderson from Ottawa, who's been dealing with his wife's shit. But, yeah, I mean, I guess, because what's his name, uh, the, the goalie with an A in uh, Tampa Bay, he's the future. You know, I guess Bishop's kind of, I don't want to say worn out as welcome, but I think Stevie Y kind of saw him, you know, get rid of him now while the stock's still high-ish. Well, yeah, because you have to remember, after this season, there's going to be an expansion draft. And he wasn't going to be able to protect all his goalies that he wanted to protect. 
And so you might as well get something for Bishop while you can. So from that point of view, it makes sense from Tampa Bay's point of view. From from L.A., they're just trying to cover their ass. They're, they're betting on Bishop being a better goalie than the one they gave up. And it seems like they're obviously playing for – now, I could be wrong, and if we do have any hardcore hockey fans – I'm just going to, I should have prefaced this entire conversation. I don't know how to pronounce half these guys' names because some of these guys, I, they're, I mean, like, you know, when we get later on, I'm, you know, when you get into Kevin Shattenkirk and stuff, I, of course, they're name players. Some of these guys, I'm like, I don't even know how to pronounce their names. But I'm also going to say, back in the day, the conditional pick, or they went into the playoffs. The deeper into the playoffs, the higher the pick that the conditional pick went up in rounds. So if the Kings win it all, Tampa could, you know, in theory, get what, you know, maybe a second. Even a low first round pick? I don't know. I don't know. That's just what I'm going by. Ever since the the, the last lockout and, they, and all these rule changes, and they've changed the, the playoff format. To be honest with you, I don't know all the ins and outs like I used to back in the day. So it seems to me that Tampa was just going, okay, we're not going to be able to keep Bishop. Fuck it, let's get what we can for him. And they, depending on how deep LA goes, seems like they got a, you know they got a goalie that is expendable to them. Cernic, I, I don't, I don't even know who the fuck Eric Cernic is. To be, to be honest with you, I, I have no idea. And looking at his stats, he's not even a fucking. He, he's never even played the NHL. He's been over in Slovakia, and for the what uh, last two seasons, he's played for the Erie Otters. So I mean, well, I pose you know, a question to you as well because hockey is famous for this. Maybe Quick's more injured than they're they're letting on. That could be, and if that's the case, then L.A. probably should have fucking... It, to me, it's just the fact that they swap goalies like that tells me that they saw something in Budai that they didn't they didn't, they didn't, didn't think was going to make him viable to to, get, to go through the grind of the playoffs with. Wasn't or Bishop uh, maybe the goalie? Stevie Y saw something in Budai that he didn't see in Bishop. I'm sorry, say again, Earl? You broke up there. Wasn't uh, Bishop the goalie in Tampa Bay when they won the Cup? When did they win the cup? Was uh, it uh, 15 or 14? Or was if, it it was 15 if it was uh, if it was 15 or 14. 2004. No, he wasn't. No, dude. He was still like, no. at the university. He was, I think, at the University of Maine still. Wasn't Tampa Bay who broke up Chicago's championships? I know was they like won Chicago, one Tampa Bay, Chicago. Uh, hold on a sec here. Fact checking on the fly. Yes, I've been watching so much Joe Rogan. I love that he has a guy who runs his board and also does all his fact checking. He's like, anytime they get to something they don't know about, he's like, I'm not sure about that. Jamie, look that up for me. We need one of those guys. <laughs> well, we generally do do it on our shows. We just as soon as we get something in dispute, one of us goes, hold up, hold on, and we look it up. So, It'd just be well, nice I to like have to someone. We do all it share for. that responsibility. No, they've only won one Stanley Cup, and that was in 2004. Uh, yeah. So now they've won. Oh, that's right. They almost won the cup. That's right. In 2015. And in 2015, Bishop, uh, at least through the regular season, um, I don't have, for whatever reason, they're not showing me his playoff stats, but he was definitely the, uh, the number one goalie in the regular season of the 2014, 2015 season. So, and, oh, here we go. Uh, come on, don't do this to me. Just, there we go. And, well, shit, come on, really? You got these stats split up all fucked up. I don't know. 
Um, really? Just give me the fucking stats. Now I'm starting to get pissed off. I don't know. Sorry, Chris. This is going to be a major edit point. This is pissing me off, though. That site's got everything, but they don't they don't split their stats between. They do it for the for the skaters, but they don't do it for the goalies. They don't split their stats for the regular season and playoffs. Playoffs in 2015. Yes, he was their number one goalie. He played 25 games, had a .921 save uh, percentage, and a 2.18 goals against average. Hey, Rich. Yeah. Guess who uh, Tampa Bay won the cup with in 2004 as goalie? Javi Bullen, wasn't it? Yep, Nikolai Javi Bullen. The Bullen Wall, yeah. Yeah, that was the that was the uh, last Stanley Cup before they lost the next season completely. So, yeah, so that was like I guess the kickoff of the uh the, the big trade. I mean, you know, Patrick Eves went from Dallas to Anaheim on the 24th and and Dallas got a uh, conditional second round pick for 2017. But I mean, you know, really, that's the, uh, that's the big name to start it off. I mean, I guess you could say if you want, you know, Yurko going to the Blackhawks from Detroit, but unless you're a Detroit hockey fan, most people are like, Yurko, he was, he's still playing. Uh, now the, the next interesting trade going to yesterday, was uh, Jordy Ben from the Dallas Stars to Greg Patron to the uh, to the Stars from the Canadians, and I meant to bring this up last week, but just we bumped it, and one do well it was kind of due to time, and also it's just it wasn't time to bring it up. Uh, Patron is is the guy who played for Montreal, whose wife went on social media and attacked their old coach Michelle Theron and their new coach for his lack of playing time, basically making accusations that they were more biased to French-Canadian players. Uh, here's the quote. says, his wife, Stephanie, made news recently after posting a derogatory tweet about Francophiles or Francophones, frustrated that her husband hadn't been used by former coach Thron. It was also a healthy scratch for Julian's first game behind the bench after he took over. Afterwards, it was reported that Canadian general manager Mark Bergevin had let other GMs know uh, patron was available on the trade market. So this is a case, seems to me, of a player's wife basically talking his ass right out of a fucking job. I mean, granted, it doesn't seem like he was playing a whole lot. However, uh, I just want to get you guys' feelings on it. It's not necessarily an NHL subject. It's just an interesting sub. Where do you guys land on players' wives and girlfriends and family members uh, basically butting in and trying to influence decisions that are made for the, you know, the careers of their husbands, boyfriends, brothers, whatever. Well, we replace the job the, with uh, professional athlete with garbage man, with a uh, fucking retail manager, with mid-level executive. Would you go do that at your husband's job if it wasn't in the public eye? No. And why the fuck are you doing it now? I'm not so sure, Chris, uh, but in today's world, I'm just saying. But uh, we we said that with uh, Indomitian Sue and his sister. Shut the fuck up. You have no business talking about this shit in any way. It affects you not at all. Well, when it comes to the wife, too, I mean, it's like, hey, you like eating? 
You, you like buying real quick, things? Let me just make this point. You like quick. how we live indoors? Don't fuck with that. It affects them in their standard of living because they're essentially via the players living the lifestyle that they've grown accustomed to. Let's just you get know, that out of the way. That is the absolute. That <laughs> that is a hundred percent fact. If you don't like it, then then I don't know. Take it up with someone else. Okay, you know sorry. Go funny? ahead. I, I don't think Chris could hear us when he talks. Oh, shit, I have my mute on. Uh, <laughs> fuck. No, it's, it's just like you, you like living inside, man. You like living indoors. Like, don't fuck with that shit. Like, it's, I don't know. It's If you wouldn't do it with the regular job, don't do it when your job's in the public guy. That's pretty much where I'm at on it. Don't fuck with my livelihood, woman. As misogynistic as that sounds, I wouldn't do it to you. Don't do it to me. Oh, yeah, no, because, I, God. Well, I was just going to say, okay, Reggie Miller, Cheryl Miller, and the only reason I use them as examples is because they're the only brother-sister duo who were pro- both professional athletes that pop in my head right off the top of my head. If Reggie Miller had done something like this about a contract dispute or playing time or Cheryl Miller's role on the team, how many people do you, how many people do you think would have stood up and said, okay, first of all, stop mansplaining your sister's career? What are you, do- what are you butting in for? She can handle it herself. I mean, am I am I wrong in thinking that when we flip that coin over, when it, when it, when a, when a when a wife or a sister or a girlfriend does it with a male athlete, we're not supposed to criticize it. But if you flip that coin over, there would be a lot of criticism directed at any male who did that for his wife, girlfriend, sister, whatever. I'm I'm gonna stick to professional athletes have agents for this reason, and I don't think the agents even go on social media. To bitch about it, but they bitch about it behind closed doors to the managers and, and the owners. I, I don't think women, kids, family members have any right, nor should they ever involve themselves with the professional athlete's career. Okay, so basically, big. We all pretty much agree. Big faux pas on his uh, his his wife's part by popping off about this. Okay. Oh, I I, I definitely agree with that. <laughs> Okay. Well, yeah, it's uh, only this month the house notes on you. Thanks. Good job. Well, another little interesting aside is involving the Dallas Stars is that one, they traded Ben, who was their team captain, to Montreal to, for, for patron and that uh, fourth round pick. Now, another little interesting thing is that apparently Dallas was sitting on the fence whether to be buyers or sellers coming into the trade deadline. Obviously, they've went the seller route, but their um, GM, Jim Nill, is taking heat because apparently he could have gotten Ben Bishop, and he didn't pull the trigger for whatever reason. And so now he's taking heat, and he's on the hot seat. So, I mean, if you just if you just look at it from this way, he's the GM of a team who could have went either way as buyers or sellers at the trade deadline at least in some people's opinions, and he decided to sell. He got rid of his team captain, and he passed on a on a a, a, a goalie who arguably could have made a difference for him. If you're, are you really happy with those types of, you know what I'm saying? Like, because I just, I just think that any GM has to answer to the owner, and the owner doesn't want to hear anything, but we're just a few, we're just a few moves away from, from doing it. <clears throat> Granted, I know it was a film, but Moneyball, think Moneyball. When Billy Bean went into the owner's office, the owner didn't want to hear that he didn't have enough money. He just wanted to hear, make the fucking moves to get us to be contenders. 
That's all he cared about. And for a GM to go from, well, I don't know if we're going to be buyers or sellers, to basically passing up on a, on a chance to get a goalie who could have made a difference and a trade your team captain for a player whose wife is known to go to social media and bitch and complain. Oh, I, yeah, his, his seat, his, his seat like there needs to be, be more than hot, one move made in that organization and it needs to start at the top. I'm, I'm, I, it, his, it seems like his seat should be a little bit hot. That's what I guess I'm getting at here. Dude, if that happened in Detroit, holy shit. Sports talk radio would just be blowing up for the next fucking, till the season was over, pretty much. Well, yeah, but speaking of Detroit, though, it looks like they're collecting draft picks for some reason. They know that this is the season that that streak comes to an end. And yeah, my little mini Iceman moment is before the season even started, I said this was the season that comes to an end. Oh, I called it. Ooh. But I, I, just, I don't even <laughs> take any pleasure in that because even the most casual of casual NHL fans could have saw that coming. They barely made it in last season. They've been first round or second round fodder ever since they went to the cup finals in 09 and lost to the Penguins. And they're, they really don't have a minor league system to speak of. So they need to start stockpiling draft picks. And when, and with, and with the NHL going the route of NBA and doing lottery picks, they can't tank a season. And be guaranteed a fir- you know the, the first overall pick. So they're basically just treading water, and more so than not, they f- their water this season while they're trying to tread it. So they got rid of Brendan Smith for a third round pick in this year's draft, and a second round pick in next year's. T- sent him over to to the to the Rangers. So yeah, I, I think know. this is Ken Holland going. Well, got as far as I could with that bunch. Now it's it's Ken Holland going. Well. I got to start trying again. Well, my my concern is he's not he's not the GM to do it in the salary cap era. And I've said this before. People go, well, you know, it's easy to to win when you have a blank check. Uh, no, it's not, because there was a lot of teams in the NHL that had a blank check that don't have the record that the Red Wings did and didn't make the moves that Ken Holland did. Um, but it's a completely different animal in the salary cap era. And where you have someone who can take a team and build them and build them for the future versus someone who's constantly trading and used to having core pieces that are going to be there. Cause you have to look, you have to look at it this way. When it comes to the Red Wings, there were certain players you knew they were going to be there no matter what. It was going to be Lindstrom, Iserman, Shanahan. Basically what I'm talking about is up to the, the lot, the lockout in the mid 2000s. All right. And those were, you know, those guys were just going to be there, period, unless they retired. So you could always build around them. And they did from the 96, 97 season on. They built around them and they had the role players who were not going anywhere. The Chris Drapers, the Thomas Holstrom's, those guys, Chris, you know, Maltby, you know, those guys, you, you need those third, fourth line guys that are going to give you production season in, season out that are going to produce in the playoffs and get hot when it, when the time gets right for them, to, when the time is right for them to get hot. They don't have that now. Datsuk's gone. Zetterberg's not getting any younger. In fact, Zetterberg doesn't seem like he has the endurance as far as health to make it for the rest of his contract, which I believe he has four or five more years on. We're talking about a 35-year-old player right now. If not 35, getting ready to turn 35. That's a lot of money owed to a guy who might not even be playing in two seasons. So Detroit, hate to say it, 
Red Wings fan. I remember watching him on Channel 50 on broadcast television back in the day. Ray, Ray Lane and Dave Strader. Before I, yep. Before I even knew all the hockey lore and history and, and all that. And, and they, you know, besides the Tigers, they were my first sports team that I fell in love with. But I think we're, we're right now, we just opened the door on a very, as far as Red Wings fans go, period for the next at least couple of years. You're not. Oh, a, no, come on, no more. We can't. We can't go back to the dead things, can we? That's no, I don't the think. I don't think, so. I don't think it's going to get that bad. Uh, no, I don't think so. Not at all. Because unlike you know, unfortunately, Detroit Lions, and we've said this before, Detroit's a, a hockey town. It just is. It is a hockey destination. And yeah, they haven't made you know. A whole bunch of Stanley Cup wins, but they do have some, you know, all the way back to the mid nineties and they have made, you know, Stanley Cup appearances. So it's not like you're going to a, a place that has no shot. You know, it is a hockey destination. And with these, uh, draft picks and, you know, the things that Ken Holland's done gives them a chance to make some great trades to get the talent back to Detroit and, you know, with that, people aren't going, no, no, not Detroit. You know, we're not the Cleveland Brown of the NHL. You know, so I, I don't think it'll ever be back to the Dead Wings. I think the way that they have done, you know, the things they have done uh, has paved the way for the, the future of, of that franchise. You know, I learned something the other day about the Red Wings. Well, I, I learned that, uh, well, we all know that the, the salary cap exists in the NHL because of the 2002 Red Wings. And if you think it doesn't, you're a fucking idiot <laughs> because we, we bought that cup. I'm a Detroiter. I love the team. I cheered when they won, but we bought that cup in 2002. But also, I guess when Mike Illich first bought the team, uh, I think it was like two or three seasons in, he did something crazy. Like he traded to get most of the picks, most of the top 10 picks in the first round. And then after that, uh, there was a rule created that says, uh, yeah, you can't do that anymore. Well, I mean, you have to also remember that there was, you know, they got Iserman. I think he was a top three pick. Uh, I, I think mean, they, they traded for six, six of the top ten picks. I mean, you know, people, people don't realize that if it wasn't <clears throat> for the Edmonton team in, I want to say, 87, 88, that the Wings – could have at least made the cup finals. I mean, but they were going up against a team that was just historic in fucking how, how stacked they were. I mean, it almost rivals the 2002 Red Wings team, but that was a team that was assembled for the most part besides those core players that I talked about. This was a team that was just built the old-fashioned way through the Oilers sucking for so long. They had Gretzky, they had Messier, they had Yari Curry, they had Grant Fuhrer. I mean, you know, the list goes on and on. I mean, it's just ridiculous. But, I mean, you know, the, the Red Wings, they, they drafted in the 80s. You know, people forget they drafted Eisenman. They drafted Adam Oates. They got Sergei Fedorov out of out of Russia and brought him here. Lindstrom came along not that long after. Uh, you know, it, it, he took a lot of heat when he was here. Kostinov, Larianov. Uh, Fetisov, Larianov came from the, the you know, he was, yeah, he, he was an older player from the from the the you know the the Russians versus the U.S. days, but I mean he obviously still had a lot of hockey in him. No, I didn't see anyone else beating down his door. You know, New Jersey let him go, and they picked him up. The professor. I mean, it's it's just 
you know, that team was was built like it was, and it wasn't just a slap together, we're going to go out and try to get the best free agents. It was built, in my opinion, the right way. You know, free agents are the extra gravy on your mashed potatoes, but your mashed potatoes, you got you got to go out and you got to use the draft to do it. When has been the, the the last big player the Red Wings people are excited to see come up through the draft? Dylan Larkin, Who's that's about been a it. Bus this year. I recently read a story how they've been cutting back his ice time dramatically. You know, I mean, this guy traded it was supposed to be, you know, the the compliment to uh, uh, Cronwall on the blue line, and he just hasn't been that, and he just hasn't. I mean, in for, in 2014. He played 71 games. He played 76 in 2015, 63 last season, and he's played 33 this season so far. And his numbers aren't that great. I mean, it's just all there is to it. I mean, his best season's, or excuse me, a 19-point season in 2013-2014. So I I see the Red Wing, the, the bottom third of the league, and hopefully in a couple of years they'll be up in the middle of the pack. But I, I really think it's going to take cutting ties with Ken Holland, definitely cutting ties with Jeff Blaschel, who's in way over his head, and basically rebuilding. Now that now that now that Mr. Illich is gone, rebuilding that team, and that's going to be rough because anybody who's from Detroit, anybody who who follows hockey, knows that Detroit is just it's been a staple. There are there are people in their mid twenties who don't remember people in their early thirties who don't remember a time. When Red Wings were not in the playoffs. Think about that. Insanity, dude. In today's sports world, that's just insane. Right. Yeah, this so is a record that won't be broken for a long time. Well, obviously, it's going to take 26 years to break it. What were right. you saying? So why, would you want to, why would you want to move away from Ken Holland? I don't think he could do it in the salary cap era, man. Made any great trades, and he hasn't made any great decisions that weren't built, uh, that weren't. Okay, he hasn't, first of all, he hasn't won anything with the Red Wings that the core wasn't a holdover pre to the pre-salary cap era. Since their last two trips to the Stanley Cup Finals, they haven't gotten out of the second round. He's made some very questionable choices in the salary cap era, such as letting Hosa go, which was a huge mistake in hindsight, because the Mules just disappeared, his career done and over with, and Hosa... They've won, what, two cups in Chicago since then with him on the team? Granted, they have Taves and Kane, but it's still. Hosa, is, he's played his part, and it would have been nice to have that part here in Detroit, and we could have. I mean, look at the goalie mess. It's going to be Howard. No one knows it's going to be Morazic. Now it's going to be this new kid coming up. Howard's 34. Gave Howard a contract like he, you know, Belfour in his fucking prime back in, you know, a few years ago. He was never worth that contract, but they had no, they had, they had nothing else to hang their hat on. They couldn't trade for any more goalies because, well, it's the salary cap era. They couldn't afford any top fucking tier goalies. So they paid Howard like he was one and hoped he would grow into the contract. He hasn't. Morazic's been spotty as fuck. And this new guy, I can't even remember his name off the top of my head, but he obviously hasn't been a fucking world beater or else I'd know his name right off the top of my head. And I think you can argue, too, that success in the NHL is tied to your goaltender. I mean, look at when Detroit won the Cups. You could, you could argue that they were, it was years where they had invested in their goalies. And so they had put most of their money in the goalie. Defensemen. Which is tied to the goalie. 
It's right one because it, of their defensemen. <laughs> it just seems if you don't have a top tier goalie, I mean, you're I mean, look at all the years. Look, look at the, the early and mid nineties with the Red Wings. With <laughs> the Red Wings. I mean, it wasn't until they started investing in between the pipes is when we started getting to that next level. They won four cups, one with Vernon, two with Osgood, one with Hasek. Colorado, for their, 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 their I hate to call it this because it's the Colorado anal munch and fuck them forever and ever, amen, but they did have a little half-assed dynasty there. Why was there to back them for every cup win? Same thing with Brodeur in, in New Jersey. So, I mean, I have to, I have to agree with Earl. That defensive core in front of those fucking goalies won those goalies' cups because those goalies didn't win any cups not with any other team without that defensive core in front of them. Hasek right. came close. He came damn close with Buffalo. Close only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Bottom line. He still didn't get a ring that year. Right, and Chelios came damn close with Belfour, who I hold above all. But, you know... It wasn't until he went to the Red Wings that he got it. Talking about Chelios, obviously. Yeah. I mean, so it's just, it's it's a mess. And I, I, I like I said, I don't see it getting any better for the Red Wings. I'm a little more upset that the Red Wings haven't had more of a fire sale than they have at this point. I'm of the opinion, blow it all up and build it from scratch. That's me. This, it's just, you, know you, you got to do that these, these days. You know what, though? I'm starting to wonder if the... the uh, the what's the word here? Stagnantness, probably not a word. <laughs> in both of the Red Stagnation. Wings and Tigers organizations this year has been tied to uh, maybe the health of Mister Illich because it seems like both organizations this last year just been super quiet as far as making any moves or shaking things up. As far as they, they haven't done anything, they haven't had to do. Let's put it that way. But you got to remember going into the off season after last year's. Uh, baseball season, uh, Alex Avila, their GM, Tigers GM, said he was going to have a fire sale, and he didn't. Basically, yep. we're almost fielding the exact same team minus Cameron, Cameron Mabin. Yep. So, I mean, there's that. Red Wings, they haven't been able to do anything like get that, you know, that rent-a-player that they used to get before the playoffs every year for a while now. I mean, a while and definitely they haven't gotten their blue line presence at the trade deadline. They just gave up one of their top four defensemen, arguably, at the trade deadline. That's the exact opposite of what the Red Wings were known for. Every fucking year when the trade deadline was coming up, all you heard in Detroit is we need a big, hard-hitting, mean defenseman. Get us Darian Hatcher. Get us a Pronger-like player. When, when has that happened in the last almost decade now, guys? It's been... Nine years since they last won a cup. If it had been nine years and they had not won those three cups, the two in the 90s and one in the early 2000s, I think the fans would be a lot more likely to start a fire under Holland's seat than they are. I'm just saying, as a fan, time has passed Holland by. The game has changed from the front office to the ice. Whether you like it or not, and believe me, I love to bitch and moan and, and, and talk about the good old days, but they're gone, man. And crying about the good old days don't get you wins today. So, hey, and as always, when I say things like this, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. Because if I'm wrong, this is just a one-year hiccup. They go to their new fucking shed. They have an outstanding season. They make it maybe in the land of Oz. They even win it. Who knows? I'll be happy. I, believe me, I'll be the one taking off work. So I can party hard that night. 
Okay. First one to call in. <clears throat> I'm sick. Bullshit. They're going to win the Stanley Cup. <clears throat> I'm really sick. I didn't even know there was a game, Ron. Sorry. Click. But yeah, I just, I don't see it happening anytime soon, guys. I just don't. So that's all I have for hockey. Do we want to touch on baseball before we move to anything else? Hey, what about bringing Please. Stevie Y back? Uh, dude, as it, he's doing good <laughs> at his job. He's Let's just put it this way, man. I hear that every time I go to any type of fucking article that even remotely mentions Tampa Bay based out of Detroit. You hear it from every Detroit. You know, eventually one person starts to chant, and then next thing you know, it's got 150 likes, 300 comments, and most people are on board with wanting to bring him back. The problem is I don't know if he wants to leave. I've had people argue with me that they say he still has his off-season home here. His family was raised here. This is his home. Detroit is his home now. And I go, okay, well, he has to know better than anyone that Holland's on the hot seat. And I'm pretty sure if that job was open, we'd have heard something through some sources because these days you can't keep anything quiet. Rumblings and rumors of him taking over for Holland at the end of this season. Because if there's going to be a season where Holland loses his job, it's going to be the first season they don't make the playoffs in, you know, a quarter of a century. So I just, I don't think he's coming here. Chris might have some insight. I don't, but I, I just don't. <laughs> yeah. I got the bat phone. No, I mean, no, no, no. What I'm, what I'm saying is maybe you've read an article I haven't or something about it. I don't know. Well, no, I just think. It, He's he's been there for a while. He's got his people in place. He's doing well. The team's doing well. Why would why would he leave? Unless Detroit is going to hang some crazy bag of money in front of him, which is probably not a concern to him at this point because he played in the NHL for two fucking decades, and he's been in the front office for like the last decade. But what's? It, 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 I mean, it would have to sincerely be for love of hometown because. That's two, what I was besides the fact that he's doing good at his job. Why would you leave a good situation to go to a shitty situation? Because he'd arguably be coming to a team that's in worse shape than where he's at now. And just to throw this out there, this is horrible, If it's, it, 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 but it's the truth. It's really a, a very slim margin of a win situation for him and a whole lot of fucking lose. Because unless he comes here and turns it around quick and they start ups, he can't even just be good. He's got to be great at this job. Or else they will run him out of town. And if you think I'm bullshitting, look back. Alan guys, Trammell. Yep. That's my argument to you. Alan Trammell. Just, just going to say that. Alan Trammell was going to be the fucking mayor of Detroit until he was the coach of the Tigers. After that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You haven't seen Alan Trammell near any Tigers events since he was the coach. Just putting that out there. Now, in a perfect world, I'd love it. I'd, it'd be great if he'd, if he'd come back and he would – do great. I think I think he is the type of GM that does well in the in the salary cap era. Um, he's already proven when he put together the Canadian uh, national team that he knows talent. I mean, he's 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 put together teams that have won gold cups. He's put team together teams that have went to the cup finals. He was groomed at the heel of of. I mean, arguably, you know, one of the because historically, no matter how much I'm down on Ken Holland right now. He has to go down as one of the best GMs in the history of hockey. I mean, granted, he wasn't there from the beginning of the streak, but he kept his streak afloat for the lion's share of it. That's no fucking, that's nothing to sneeze at. And it's not that I'm, I have bad feelings toward Ken Holland. I'm not like, fuck Ken Holland, he's got to go. I'm just looking at him going like, 
It's like when your grandfather, you know, comes over to visit, and every time he does, you notice a new dent in his car, and you ask him what happens, and he says nothing. Eventually, you have to sit down and go, Grandpa, we love you, but you got to give us the car keys, and it's time to hand over your license. <laughs> you know, too, or or another analogy. You know, he he's the fifty-year-old guy in the club. Time to go, buddy. All right. There's other ways for you to meet women. Okay, you can't be sitting here staring at 21-year-olds' asses with your gray hair and your, and your crow's feet. No, man, you're bumming everybody up. <laughs> it's time for you to go. Yeah, fuck you. I still ain't leaving. <laughs> Did we strike a nerve there? <laughs> you want to arm wrestle? Shut up. <laughs> well, it's different if you work there. Talking about the guy who still comes every Friday. Oh, I'm a holler of bitches. Dude, you're you're 52. You ask a bitch to dance, and he goes out there and does the shuffle. (laughs) Starts doing the bump and shit. (laughs) Do the hustle. Hey, you got word up by Cameo? That's my jam. I'd love to stay and dance and everything, but I need my oxygen. Hold on a minute. Yeah. yeah oh, no, don't bump me so hard, baby. Don't grind me so hard. You bust the bag on my hip. Oh, shit. I got to get away right. from the speaker. It's fucking with my pacemaker. <laughs> <laughs> so do we have do we have anything on baseball or we just is, – is that – The only thing I have training. on baseball, Glorious. the only thing I have on that is it's spring training. What the fuck with all the in- injuries? It's training. Hey, man, that's why I wait till the day before the season kicks off to draft my team. All right? I am drafting my team on April 1st. All right? It's, but it's what happens, though, too. It's, it's just where the men are separated from the boys. Those who worked well, out all season, all in the off season, are reaping their rewards. Those who didn't, hey, guess who's going to miss the first few weeks of the season if you make the team? I'm just saying, man. That's fucking retarded. You got people dying on the off season. They come back for spring training. They're injuring themselves. I'm like, it's just spring training. Calm down. Okay, my, yeah, but my, conditioning, man. If you're injuring yourself, isn't it the fault of conditioning? You did not do your due diligence in the off season. Well, no. You just give your body a chance to at least warm up. Don't come out rocking, firing at the very start. Of course, you're going to injure yourself, retard. I mean, that's just the case of wanting a longer summer vacation, ain't it? I was I mean, going to say, uh, the cynic in me says that there's no reason to come out of the gate with the pedal on the floor. You know, it's fucking February still. I, I can I could see some validity to what you're saying. Yeah, the cynic in me has to wonder how many of these guys are like, look, man, I know my spot on the team is safe, and it's a fucking long-ass season as is. I don't need to be out here doing this shit. Hey, coach, my arm, my arm's a little sore, you know. It, Oh, I can oh, my, see my hamstring's too. stiff. I mean, Jesus Christ, Michael Strahan is the most famous case of it I can think of in recent years. He paid a quarter of a million dollars in fines to skip out on fucking on training camp and went on to win the Super Bowl that season. Well, to, uh, it's funny. I was also going to bring up the NFL as well. It's all the all the crazy, mysterious injuries that crop up in Week 17. You know, maybe kind of the same kind of deal. All right, well, but, speaking uh, of football, because we never oh, seem fuck. to veer very far from it. Uh, it's because it's inter- awesome. A couple interesting stories out of college football. Um, have you guys heard about this uh, My King Johnson? My King being his first name. <laughs> I mean, props to his parents for the name. That's the first thing I thought. Like, 
dad named you great job dad <laughs> uh okay about for, middle school how can you make fun of this name my king johnson oh god okay uh, name aside because i feel like i i could go on a carlin-esque rant about the, the names of a lot of these players these days watch a key and peel skit about the uh college football uh players names that's 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 all i'm gonna say that's about oh, several of them days. and they're hilarious yeah it's 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 like how we say that we feel like we're living in an onion article from 10 years ago right now when we talk about politics i feel like we're living a key and peel skit when we talk about some of these guys that are signing <laughs> anyways uh yeah um besides the interesting name uh first openly gay football player on a scholarship, and he's going to the Arizona Wildcats. Obviously, not the first openly gay football. In I was gonna say, I was gonna ask, did Michael Sam come out in college? Like, yeah. he, he came out in college and was... go ham gay. So this is the first person that they are knowingly drafting that they know is gay. The Missouri guy, Michael Sam. Yeah, Michael Sam came out what his after his senior year, but before the draft. Yeah, he came out right before the draft. Yeah. So yeah, that was uh, that was and a little bit different. This is a guy coming out of high school saying he's gay. Now I, I I'm very okay, which is interesting to me, and I want to pick your brain for a second on this t- on this topic, Earl. Never played high school football. I believe Chris never played high school football. God no. Granted, you were talking about when you did it. It was the the '90s versus now. But try to keep, try to put yourself in the mindset of of players these days in high school. Do you think it makes that much of a difference that he's gay? In today's? No. Back then? Yes. Well, that's what I said. I said you have to try to put yourself in the mindset of players these days. No. No, it doesn't make any difference that he's gay. None. I mean, because... There there will always be, and and this is true, you know, racism and all this shit, there will always be that one or two people that are just like, oh, you fucking faggot. But as a grand total, is in the whole scheme of things, no, it, it won't make a bit of difference that he's gay. If he does the job, he does the job. If he doesn't, then he doesn't. To give a damn who he's with when he's not doing it. No, uh uh-uh. Men men don't look at men in the shower, bro. We, we I, I don't know about you guys, but we didn't. Not straight men. That that's my point. You don't well, think I don't any think, Well, now calm down, Chris, because now you're just you're you're doing a a, a thing here. You're thinking that gay men just look at every man in the shower and like, oh, I want some of that. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have someone who is attracted. It's it's like it's like shower. It's like a girl showering in there. It's it's the way I'm looking. I'm not looking at it like gay dudes are constantly sizing everybody up. I'm looking at as uh, someone of the sex you are attracted to is showering with you. Okay, well, hold on a sec. Let me let me ask this question. Let me ask this question. Try to put it in a little bit of perspective. On a high school football team that this type of player would come from, I'm assuming probably about one of the better high school football teams in his area. How many players would you say are on that team? Twenty. Twenty. They're playing Iron Man football. Oh yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, that's that's, just, that's not even fucking Iron Man football. That's like hey, the team. The team I coached had twenty. We had a lot of players going both ways, and I'm not talking about. Never mind. Anyways, no, I know yeah. what you're saying. How many players you had on, in your high school football team? How many players did you have? Uh, I had at least 30. 30. Okay. All right. See, I was thinking more of along the lines of like somewhere between 40 and 55 for a top-tier high school team. 
In other words, a team who knows that year in, year out, they're competing. A Friday Night Lights team, teams that are going to be competing for state championships. They're going to have as many players as they can who are going to bring as much as they can to the to the team. They're not going to want to fucking have their offensive star out there playing defense just because they don't have the people to fill the holes, especially if he's can't play defense as well as he play offense or vice versa. That was my guess. Okay. But let's just, let's cut the difference. Say, let's just say 30 people. Okay. So minus him, it's 29 guys in that shower in that locker room. And there's him. The odds that he's going to find all of them repulsive, I'm going to say are pretty slim because these are guys who in theory are at least in good shape. I was going to say, too, okay. if you go by the statistics, there's two more other gay dudes in that locker room, too. They're just not now, saying anything yet. Now, my thing is, we all, as young men, okay, from whatever age we stopped playing with toys and realized, oh, shit, these weird creatures that we've been forced to cohabitate with grades one through whatever, all of a sudden we want to stick our dick in them, but we really don't even know why, okay, before we had our awakenings, all right, once we had it, I didn't want to fuck every girl in school, but if you put 30 girl, 29 girls in a room with me, I guarantee you there'd be at least one or two I'm crushing on. That's what I'm getting at. Do I Now, me personally, having spent a lot of my school years in Florida, for whatever reason, the area of Florida I was in, it wasn't unusual to have openly gay kids in high school. It just wasn't. And there was one, and yes, I have been hit on, and, and it made me uncomfortable but it didn't make me want to get violent with the guy. It just put me in a position that I'm never in because traditionally, as men, we are the pursuers of females. And it's the same way anytime a female come up and put in laid, laid it on heavy on me, I'm like, well, I'm not used to this. What do you <laughs> What do you mean I get to make the decision here? I'm usually the one begging. <laughs> you know? So this, <laughs> that's just where I'm coming from, from on this. To me, it wouldn't make a difference. If I'm on a winning team and one of the one of my teammates is openly gay, I don't care if he was like, ooh, Rich, you big bear-looking motherfucker, you. Yeah, I'm going to run them cheeks. As long as he didn't come over and do anything about it, that's fine. Because to me, that's just shit talking. Because if I was a gay dude and I was openly gay and my teammates accepted it, I'd find the one dude who accepts it but he's uncomfortable with it, and I'd see how much more uncomfortable I can make him. Because that's part of well, being a guy is busting balls and busting, you know, Oh, fucking with each well, other. That leads me to a question I had too. It's it's been a theme of this podcast, I guess. Too, where is the line? Like, if it, you know, it, if there's going to be shit talking one way, can there be shit talking the other? Can there be guys? You know, we're back to Boston balls here. You know, can there be a guy that's be like, yeah, look at that shit. You know, you love that shit. You know, can can there be ball busting the other way, or then do we now get into now we're now we're persecuting the gay person? If he was my friend. He better get. Get used to it the other way. If I offended anybody in the shower, I am. One of my managers I worked with at one one of my last jobs was gay. I mean, you know, open. Not there was no secret about it. And uh, every once in a while, some customer would come in, and I'd notice up to, and I, you know, notice up the corner of my eye him looking at that customer differently than he looked at ninety nine point nine percent of the rest of the customers that walked in. And it meant the customer left. I'd be like, you wanted a piece of that, didn't you? And most of the time, he'd be like, you damn right. I'm like, no, I wanted the whole damn thing. I didn't want this yeah. piece. I'm a grown man. <laughs> and I mean, you know, 
case in point, to hit a little bit closer to home, when my little brother was up here visiting me, you know, he's my little brother, but, you know, he's well into his 20s. He came in to work with me because I had to stop by and pick something up. And my buddy saw him from work and, you know, introduced himself and everything. And to his credit, played it cool. And the next time I come into work, he's like, yo, your little brother, if he ain't gay and he ever decides he is, send him my way. I was like, damn. (laughs) (laughs) So I kept telling my little brother, I'm like, hey, if it doesn't work out with the females, I got a a guy up here, man. He's he's willing to break you in and indoctrinate you to the lifestyle. Hey, I got a gay guy that wants to fuck you, just to let you know. No, but to answer your question, Rich, no, it's not going to matter that he's gay. He Only he can make it an issue. You know, if he starts looking at men in the shower and, you know, making the moves, then it'll be an issue. But in today's society, it's very well accepted to be gay, openly gay, whatever, lesbian. Um, you know, that's like not so much with sports, but with the military. It's you, you can be openly gay in the military now, and nobody cares as long as if when you have to pull that trigger – you fucking pull that trigger. And uh, it's the same way in sports. It's the same way he's going to be treated on the field. It, you know, as, as long as you make the play when you have to make the play, I don't give a fuck who you, who you fuck. Seriously. Well, I mean, because, yeah, that's, that's basically what I was wondering. Because to me, it just, look, don't care, gay, straight, whatever the fuck, kind of sexuality can, that can you, you found on the Internet. That you found on the Internet and you now are because you read something about it. I don't give a shit about none of that. What I give a shit about is, can you do your job that you're that you're out here to do? And if the answer is yes, and as far as I'm concerned, let's go. If you're willing to walk into battle with me, then let's do it. Because I've known plenty of people who talk some talk some big shit, and when it comes down to it, they ain't getting out of the car. They ain't stepping up and doing anything. I think back in the day, if you were openly gay, you'd probably take a shower by yourself, or mostly by yourself. Uh, yeah, or also, get your ass whooped. I mean, let's well, not forget that. <laughs> Now, let's part. be honest here, guys. This That's is what I was getting thing. at with the with the comparing how many teammates he has. We all look. We all had to learn either because we were taught or because we watched and learned by example from other males. When you see a woman who's attractive, you don't act a fucking fool. Ideally, you don't act a fool. Okay, you look at her. That's a good looking woman, but you don't sit there and stare at her like the creep. You know what I'm saying? watching girls try on shoes at, at the food mart. You know, I mean, you know, just sitting there mm-hmm, drinking his coffee, just staring. You don't, you know, you don't, you don't, you don't do that. And that goes, that, that knows no boundaries as far as sexual orientation. If you're a pig and you're gay, you'd have been a pig if you were straight. You're just, you're just a pig. We all know pig guys. Guys you know, what, the variable I'll throw in this situation, though, Rich, is let's toss you in a room with 29 other naked girls at 15 or 16 and see how that goes. That's, like, what, just, but that's what I was getting I like, at. I like playing devil's advocate. I, look, look, if I, as picky as I am, I'm going to find two or three that I find attractive. The, uh, the well, no, unfortunate no, saying, part saying, is... You're, you can't deny your, your eye is going to find a nipple. Your eye, you, you may look at a titty or, or a vagina or two. Well, that's going on. Well, look, I never, I never played high school sports, but you know, taking gym and shit like that, I've had to shower with other guys. Uh, you may not be checking out other guys, but you do, you are aware that motherfuckers are naked. And then there's the weird guys who are very comfortable being naked in the locker room. 
Yeah, they turn into the naked asshole at the gym. Yeah, we all know that guy. <laughs> like you are, and, 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 and I think with his nuts hanging out. They're like, the no, first, I air dry. I don't know. Get the towel away, away from me. Like, dude, and, and I think the first time uh, you take a shower with a bunch of guys, you, you fully adopt the, the thing Rich said. We are all not created equal. <laughs> yeah. And you just, at least for me, and you also just have this running thought in your head. Please don't get a boner. Please don't get a boner. Please don't get a boner. <laughs> because we had that one guy who got a boner. Wasn't me. Thank fucking God. But that's all they talked about for the rest of the fucking year. <laughs> well, I mean, even in gym class, you got the guy who, you know, you always got the one guy who's just strange. I'm not saying, like, gay. I'm just saying he's just strange. And it's it's like when you're a little kid and you, and you, you, you go to the bathroom and he's the kid at the, the little kid urinal with his pants around his ankles taking a piss. And you're like, what the fuck are you doing, <laughs> butters? Pull your pants up, you know? You got the guy who's, who maybe like cleans himself a little too aggressively and you're like, you, you, do you need a moment over there? You want some alone time? It's, you know, like, close the, the fuck? curtain for fuck's sake. Yeah, exactly. Face the wall when you do that shit, man. There's an accidental discharge. I don't want to be caught in that crossfire. What do we, uh, what do we say when I was a kid? More than two shakes, you're playing with it. Yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah, as, as Gunny Dispro used to say, anything more than two shakes is pleasure, ladies, and we're not in that business. Hurry it up. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> like, <"Aye>, Gunny. <laughs> so, okay, so now that we've, we've, we've cleared out the, the, the question that was in my mind, um, obviously, Earl, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make an assumption here. If I'm wrong, feel free to correct me. If you don't think he had that much of a hard time in high school these days being openly gay, then you probably think he's not going to have that much of a hard time in college. Or will he have more I, of a hard I, time because of the size of the team and they're pulling from all over the country? I think uh, colleges have, are the home of safe spaces now, man. Yeah, I think he, I was going to say, I think he would have a less hard time in colleges and, and not just safe spaces, but uh, look at Baylor and all of the sexual assaults that are going on there and how it's massively broadcast throughout, you know, the world media, but not just that. Baylor in and of itself is trying to avoid sanctions that would stop them from competing. Okay, In high school, if you get bullied or whatever, you just have anti-bullying campaigns and people coming and shaking fingers. In college, if you get caught doing that shit, you know, your program gets crushed. So any problems that he would or, or could face being a gay player is going to be squashed immediately. Because the program in and of itself will protect the program. Fuck him. They will protect that program. I think Penn State <laughs> demonstrated that more than anything. Well, yeah, I mean, Baylor, Baylor is right up there with Penn State. It really is. With the way that it's handled all the sexual assaults that have happened on women and the way they've dismissed their victims. And, it, I mean, there's a lot of them. Guys, you really need to see, check up and see how many times women have been victimized on the campus. It's terrible. No, I, mean, it's actually, not yeah. I hate, I hate being the guy who says that, but it's a college campus. What is exact, what is exactly considered assault on the Baylor campus? Well, here's the thing. They've have expanded the definition of sexual assault. That's what I'm saying to, from the, what, what, what 
us growing up at least, I guess I'll throw that out there. If I'm wrong, once again, correct me. What we would think of as rape or sexual assault to this guy asked me out. I said no, and he kept trying to convince me to go out with him. He sexually assaulted me. Yeah, it's a, exactly. I'm saying like at now if at some campuses, if you go to give somebody a hug and they don't want it, you could say they sexually assaulted you. Now, I'm not trying to minimize real sexual assaults here. I'm just saying Baylor seems to have this disproportionate amount of sexual assaults. Well, what is considered a sexual assault on the Baylor campus, I guess, is my question. And, I, I, look, I mean, I don't want to get into debating that. I, I will say this. I've, From what I've looked into it, I've read a lot of opinions. I am – part of me is shocked and part of me is so cynical anymore that I was like, you should have known this before you even opened the articles and saw these these talking heads give these opinions or watch this talking head give this an opinion. There are people calling for Baylor to get the, their football program to get the death penalty like they did SMU back in the day. If they didn't give it to Penn State for a guy fucking children for decades in the fucking, like, like at the, you know, in the training room, in the showers of the, of, of that program, but because of sexual assault, they get the fucking death penalty. There's something very wrong with how we decide who's a victim and how the, that, that perpetrator who victimized these people should be punished. Oh, but there's going to be, I bet you, I bet you Baylor will get more severe punishment than Penn state. You know why? Because a whole bunch of children didn't just get together in March a month ago. Children's rights haven't been a hot button issue in the country recently. If you want to read between the political lines there, I bet you, we're in the day and age of apologizing for no reason. I'm willing to bet in a situation like this because of since it's uh, against women. I'm willing to bet we'll see something. We'll see an overcompensation, I guess, from the NCAA. That's my prediction. Right. And, and that just my point was with the Baylor incident is just that, like you said, they, they probably will get a severe penalty. But that type of shit is why a gay, openly gay player would have an easier time in college than they would in, in high school. Because it's not just somebody coming in and waving a finger going, stop bullying. No, no. They will crush the program. And nobody's going to let that happen. Not for an openly gay player. No fucking way. I can't not agree with you there, Earl. It's... You, you throw... It, it's... You put things on a college campus now, all bets are off as far as political correctness, things of that nature. College campuses, so, uh, college campuses have become their own. I don't want to say. I, I'm trying to think of the proper word. Okay, there is life outside of college. There's corporate life. There's life for blue collar workers. There's life in the military. College has become its own thing, like like military life is. And, or uh, used to be, I don't know. I haven't dealt with the military in 20 plus years. Um, and they are the least tolerant of any of the things I just described. And I can't see any school willing to, to, to basically try to be the one that bucks that trend. So I think, you know, if Johnson goes into, to the Wildcats locker room, 
and there's some fucking hillbilly or some ghetto guy, and they're like, you know, fucking faggot. I think they're going to nip that shit in the bud quick, fast, and in a hurry. Well, he's going to where? Missouri, right? No. Oh, Is Arizona? he going to uh, Arizona? Have I been saying it wrong? Yeah. University of Arizona. Oh. Well, uh, Went to Tempe High School. Uh, there's, there's a chance that could happen. Arizona's becoming a... It's got... As the West's reputation, its reputation is the West version of Florida. So we are talking about the last state that did hold out on Martin Luther King Day. There's a chance he could run into it, but we'll see. Well, I guess the other—I don't know how big of a story it is nationally. It's made a couple waves here locally because of the the school involved. Is a player at MSU who at Chris. Do you do you know the details enough to speak on it? I know he was a white football player. His girlfriend cheated on him with a black football player. He sent her a text message which used the N-word, and then she put him on blast on social media. And he released a statement the other day saying that, you know, him and Coach D'Antonio have come to the decision that he is going to transfer for his last year of NCAA eligibility. Okay, that's so he was calling. Much the, he was, that's the Cliff Notes version right there. He was calling his. He was calling his his fellow football player the N word. Yes. Okay. I'm no, he was calling the guy that I, fucked his girlfriend the N word. I well, well, hold on a second. It, I thought he called the girl the N word. So no, he called the guy who guy who uh, fucked his old lady. That's that's what he called her or him. Okay. Um, what were your thoughts when you heard that story? Because I have some very, very clear thoughts on it. Um, but I'll, I'll let you go first. Uh, I mean, things are said in the, in the heat of anger. Is I, I think you have to look at intent. Does this guy have a track record of doing this? If so, then sure. But if you know, if this is an isolated incident. I think he's obviously angry. Someone fucked his girl, and he went for the easiest uh, route of a path of least resistance. He went for the easiest thing to pick on, I guess. Like, do I think he should have had to quit the team over it? No, especially since the guy who he called the word isn't on the team anymore. Um, I, is he not on the team due to this it's incident? It's a gray area, man. Chris, like, is, do, you, do you know if he's not on the team due to this incident? The No, the other guy i just think he he he, he uh he's done with his eligibility okay okay what about you earl it's not gonna matter where that kid plays if, if and once again we're talking about today's society you get put on blast for calling somebody the n-word it's i there's gonna be black people anywhere you go and you know what i'm with chris also i so he used the fucking word i mean there's like been maybe a lot sit of out a game next season, you know. No, maybe you're suspended no, a couple I, it's, games. It's but. more of a a cohesive team mentality type thing, I believe. And it's it's not so much that hey, you said the word nigger and we can't have that, so you got to go. I think it's more a comfortability team, you know, cohesiveness. And he's not going to have it at Michigan State because he used the N word. And it's and, you know and. That's just my point is anywhere he's going to go is going to have black people and they're all going to know he said it. 
number one. So that doesn't matter. Number two, you know, no teammate, quote unquote, of mine would ever fuck my woman. Now, an N-word would do it in a heartbeat. My question is, though, too, is I'm not, well, not trying to minimize or, or condone that he used the word, but are we not allowed to get angry anymore? Is, is, is in the new, the age where everybody's the same, are we just even temper the whole time, no emotion anymore? You can't show emotion, you can't get angry about anything? I, I'd oh, say on the list of things to get angry about, for most people, this is near the fucking top, man or woman. No, you can get angry, Chris, you just can't use a racial slur. I think... And I know I'm not the only one to, to think this because I've heard it on at least one other podcast and I've read it um, in a few articles about this subject. <clears throat> Excuse me. If he'd actually walked in, I don't know the, the circumstances, under the circumstances, which he found out. But let's say he caught him in the act. If he'd have just beat the guy's ass, he'd still be on the team. Yeah. And this probably wouldn't even have hit the newspapers. Um, and I dare to say he'd probably get a it was the same podcast. He'd probably get a fair shake if he fucking killed the guy. Because if he filed under crime of passion, he'd probably get he'd probably have a better time with that route than the route that he went. I mean, I think that I think that was uh, the the gentleman who said that on their podcast. I mean, I think definitely there was some you know hyperbole behind that. Uh, no, uh, he's. Crimes of passion are not what they were 40, 50 years ago. Really. And, 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 I'm just and, saying in the court of public opinion, he'd still do some jail time. I got you. I guess is what I'm, is my point. Yeah, um, I, my, I totally agree. Is, is killing a man is not point. is worse. Killing a man is not worse than using the N-word. Exactly. That's what, okay. That is my point. We've gotten to the point in society where if he'd have beat the shit out of the guy, that's more acceptable than calling him a nigger in the, in the heat of the moment. And to me, when words somehow are given more weight than actions, we're treading a very dangerous path. Yeah, I've always been a proponent of words have the power you assign to them. Now, the thing that's always thrown into my face is, well, you're a straight white male. It's an easy thing to say, but whatever. I still believe it. Now, it doesn't give you license to go walking around calling everybody you see the n-word you know there's now we get into the conversation of consequences for your actions but yeah to, to me words have the power you assign to them and um it's I'm, I'm with you rich if words are starting to pull more weight than actions whew, i hope i die soon I'll say well, just the fact just the <laughs> fact that when we talk about this and this is okay look when we talk about this story the fact that we use the n-word and the fact that you have Grown people doing reports on this story, talking like they're little children who go, ooh, I'm mad as H-E double hockey sticks, okay, that we can't have a adult conversation and, and use a direct quote because, well, I mean, I, we, we have, obviously, but what I'm saying is we feel as a society that we have to, we have to, ooh, no, ooh, we can't say that word. Okay, look, no one's calling anybody that. We're quoting a story. All right. And this is how ridiculous we've gotten in society. And you can't, I don't give a fuck what anyone tells me until I have, I mean, overwhelming evidence. You mic up every player on a fucking college, on a professional football field for an entire season. And you tell me that that word is not used. 
in every context possible during the, during the game, whether it be negative, whether it be a term of endearment, whether it be a hello, a goodbye, what it, it's like how I use the word fuck. I can use the word fuck as an adjective, an adverb, a noun, a pronoun. I can use it all over the place. Okay, that word. Every time I've played sports, when it was in, you had black guys and white guys was constantly thrown around. Granted, if a white guy threw it around, you knew he was tight with that black guy. If a white guy threw it around and a fight broke out, you knew he wasn't tight with that black guy. Bottom ding, ding, ding. Okay, that's all there is to it. And I'm going to be honest with you, in the heat of the moment, I catch you fucking my girlfriend. I'm gonna call you anything I can fucking find. If you, you, if 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 you're an Iraq war vet and you had your leg bone off, you peg leg motherfucker. You got a glass eye, you patch eyed son of a bitch. I'm gonna call you anything I can think of, because that's how angry I am at that point in time. Now, does that mean that's how I feel about every amputee or every person who's lost an eye? No. But once again, this goes back to something we've talked about hundreds of times at least. Context is lost. And nuance has been lost to certain segments of our society. And for some reason, we give these people validity by holding up their opinions above everybody else who goes, wait a minute, everybody calm the fuck down. Look, what was the circumstances this happened under? Yeah, Think you about tell it. me you're going to keep your shit if that happens to you. Because if the situation was reversed and he called and he found one of his white and he was black and he found a white teammate banging his girlfriend and he called him every fucking racial slur for a white person he could think of, I wouldn't even be mad. I'd be like, shh, you're lucky you didn't beat your ass. Yeah. yeah, you're lucky you didn't get your ass beat. But because the situation's reversed, no one, I haven't even heard anyone say that. I have not heard anyone say, the guy who fucked his teammate's girlfriend's lucky he didn't get his ass whooped. And I can say this, I know I never played high school sports. But I have been part of organizations where you're considered brothers in brotherhood. And shit like that does not fly. And if this guy would have went back to certain organizations and said, I just caught one of our brothers fucking my girlfriend, he'd have had a volunteer army behind him to go fuck the guy up. Yeah, well, that's what I said, dude. No teammate of mine, no teammate of mine has ever fucked my woman. Yeah, I got it. Now, a, a nigger might. Or some poor white trash, Mike. Yeah, we we got it south of the Mason-Dixon line, okay? We got it the first time you said it. I'm glad you had to hammer it in there. Just call them all assholes. The, the verbal date rapist finally got he got the tip in. Congratulations. <laughs> had to happen Someone sooner or later. Your teammate is just an asshole, regardless of color. But it, it just once again, if you're listening, think about this. He beats the guy's ass. It's not as bad as calling him a word. Take all of the bullshit passions and emotions, that word, might invoke in you upon hearing it or hearing it used at you. And stop and think, once you're done with that, clear-headedly about the situation, and tell me, tell me we're heading down the right path. Because if you can do that, you're more of a deluded man than I am. All right, so fuck MSU players fucking each other's girlfriends. Let's get to the real (laughs) shit. We've went real long, but we got to cover it fucking what the fuck is going on in the NFL? I Last thing I heard, the big, I the big move I heard is Revis, Revis got cut. That was literally an hour before we went on air. Well, he's still dealing with all of that. Well, besides just 
not being Revis Island anymore. Isn't he dealing with all that criminal shit of him getting in that fight or something in Pittsburgh? Okay, well, if he is, that adds to it. Well, I mean, oh, that's, that's just oh. it. When, you, when you're in Revis's situation, I mean, a guy who's on the downside of his career, something like that, you just became more on the liability side instead of the asset side. Well, yeah, he, he's old. <laughs> I mean, that, the, the legal discourse and... I mean, like I said before, this this year coming up, I mean, it's getting to where, you know, we talk about, you know, the NBA and Michael Jordan and hockey and Eisenman. And all, the same thing's happening in the NFL. Everybody's old. All, all, all of our childhood heroes are gone or leaving or at the at the end of their career. So, I mean, teams are going to be shaken up, you know, and the only – the only reason that I think that one team is going to stand firm is is because of their coach, and that's the Pats. Okay, well, we're not going down that road because I don't want to be here for another two hours. Let's talk about <laughs> what's actually happened. You can trust me. Trust me, Earl, that big-ass wide mouth of yours does not need Pat Cock in it today. Okay? You'll, you, one week without fucking slurping down some fucking jism, you'll be good. Okay? Anyways, <laughs> next big story. Adrian Peterson. Not signed, did, did not get signed, and was was he basically let go, cut? Am I correct? Yeah, they, they didn't pick up his option. Well, he hasn't okay. been cut yet, but... Okay, they didn't pick up his option, which means, welcome to free agency AP. But then I hear, literally, two hours after that story broke, I read three stories, two from ESPN, one from Fox Sports, saying that the Vikings are saying... It's not outside of the realm of possibility of him staying with them. Yeah, the How door's does, open. He put it, AP put it as the door's open. We'll see what happens, but I'm going to explore my my other options in the meantime. Please, Detroit Lions, don't pick up that phone. Do not. Well, do, that's what I told do, Don't do what the Lions do in this situation. Please. All right? Downside of his career, injury prone in the last few years. I mean, he... He's got, you know, at this point, he's probably being fitted for a Lions jersey. But I'm pleading with you, Detroit Lions, if you can hear me, don't pick up that phone for Adrian Peterson. Please. Yeah, well, him and Jamal Charles both are free agents. I'm willing to bet one of them are coming to Detroit. Well, one of the, uh, one of the, um, <clears throat> excuse me, interesting articles I read right before uh, we went on was Jerry Jones threw his hat in the AP ring and said he wants him to team up with Ezekiel. If you're if you're Adrian Peterson and you have a chance to stay in Minnesota or go with, which is a team that, I, are you going to say they're contenders at this point? No. Uh, or you got a chance? Uh. Or do you got a? Or you got a? You got a chance to go join an uh, an up and coming team with the Cowboys. Which one do you fucking pick? Uh, if I'm Adrian Peterson's age, I go with my uh, my better chance for a ring. Quite honestly, if I have his knees and his ACL or whatever the fuck keeps getting injured on him, I go with the bed. I'd rather get a ring on a bench than, you know, retire with the team that drafted me. You know, do that whole thing. I mean, like, Rich, you said it a million times, but you damn Marino <laughs> drained all them stats for a ring. I mean, if he could keep the money and not, and, and if he could have won the ring in his rookie year when he went to the bowl. And, and kept the money he made through his career. I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd have been like, fuck these stats. I'd take, you know, 
the ring and the money, <laughs> you can have the records. They're going to be broke one way or the other sometime. I don't know. If I'm Adrian Peterson, yeah, I, I'm with you, Chris. I'm going where I think I have a better chance to win. Um, on top of that, Denver he's had, running back. He's uh, well. Here's the deal. If he goes They'll to tell Dallas, you they don't, but they do. If he goes to Dallas, he's not the guy. That's a plus in my book for him. Um, because he is the yeah, guy. Keeps him healthy. Exactly. Really? He he is the guy in Minnesota, and his days of being the man, being able to to be the man. I think are over with now. It's just how self-aware is he? Is he aware of that? Or is he one of these players who thinks, you know, no, I'm Superman. I mean, I don't, he doesn't play for any teams that I follow closely. I don't, you know, I don't know his history in the, in the media. Seems like he comes off like a very set in his ways type guy, AKA I'm gonna beat my kid with a switch. Like it's 1950 and it's cool. But I mean, outside of that, I don't know much about the guy's personality. But if I'm looking at the talent, he has to see the fucking end of the tunnel coming. He has to see the light at the end of the tunnel, at the very least. Uh, I think Dallas would be a better fit for him than, than, than Minnesota. I think Darren McFadden would disagree with you vehemently, but <laughs> I hear you. But there's so many teams that need a running back. I mean, too, that's the world is his oyster. I mean, fuck, he could go to New England. Think about that. I, you think you don't think Belichick would? Yikes. Be- Upgrade to AP from Blunt in a heartbeat. Well, Blunt's Blunt's running an all-out uh, campaign to stay in New England. I mean, he's 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 doing a media blitz. He's done everything but basically line up the Red Sox at home plate and blow them like a circus seal to prove how much he loves the you know Boston and New England area. So well, he is the Super Bowl hero too. You know, I mean, at this point, he knows, I think, what we all know, and we've talked about endlessly, and any football fan knows, is that no player, except for maybe Tom Brady at this point, is bigger than that team. And you can even make an argument that if Tom Brady showed his ass, eventually, if he did it enough, he'd wear out his welcome and they'd show him the door one way or the other. It happens. So, you know, he, 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 he knows he wants to stay on a contender. And so he's making that, that media push. He's basically trying to negotiate a contract through the media, which I don't know if that's going to fly with that with that organization because they don't seem like the type who want their fucking dirty laundry out for everybody to see. Excuse me, not dirty laundry, laundry period, clean or dirty. It's, and if you look at or you look at just look at AP's division, he could pretty much go to any team in the well, any team would be Detroit or Green Bay. Chicago is all set at running back with Jordan Howard. I mean, they they got their heir to a Matt Forte. Um, I mean, he could go to the division. This is rapping I mean, Forte. Sorry. What's that? Uh, no. <laughs> oh. uh, masterpiece song popped to my mind. Who's this? This is rapping Forte. Who this? Yeah, who this? <laughs> oh, this Pete. Make him say, uh, eh, there ain't no motherfucking <laughs> Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. But he could go, I mean, so many teams need a running game, as we saw this football season. Man, he could go fucking anywhere at this point. What do you think, Earl? Where do you think is his best place to land? Not not just out of Minnesota and the Cowboys, either. Unfortunately, I think the Lions is the best place for him to land. <laughs> it'll depend on it, it'll depend on what he values. Does he Did value we the Did we expect anything less, Rich? Did we? 
No, I'm serious. It depends on what he the homer card values. Does he, does he want the ring or does he want the money? Because it is the end of his career. Detroit will give him the money, won't give him the ring. You know, Dallas might give him the ring, but won't give him the money because they don't need him. Any contender that's really, you know, even pa- Patriots, everybody, anybody who's a contender, Denver, you know, they're not going to give Adrian Peterson the money because they don't need him. They want him, they'll use him, but they don't need him. Denver needs him. You see their running game this year? They need him. I don't know. Yeah, but can he hold Anderson's up all season to being the number one guy in Denver? He doesn't have to be. What's that, number the, one running back? Yes, he does. In front of him? I think so. I think I think that just kind of stumbled on to where he needs to go. He needs to go to somewhere where he's got protection, somewhere that can clear the lanes for him, somewhere that can keep him from getting his shit blown out. If he goes to Denver and Denver pays for him and they they pay overpay by one cent, and he's not the number one running back, he's not the featured back on that team, there will be hell to pay in Denver as far as the fans and the media goes. Guys, C.J. Anderson is no slouch. Yeah, but Denver was running back by committee all last year. Anderson didn't have the job lined up till near the end of the season. I mean, it's he. you're right, he's no slouch, but I think old Adrian Peterson is still better than C.J. Anderson. No, I think they're all set at running back, guys. Seriously, they need a quarterback like, whoa, that was C.J. Anderson's problem because p- players could scheme for him because their quarterback situation was horrendous. Well, we know one quarterback who's not going to Denver, and that's Garoppolo. <laughs> sorry, sorry about your luck, buddy. What did Cleveland, a 12th, a 12th overall pick? That's what I heard. A 12th overall pick. How many times have we sat here? Not just us, but talked about other sports commentators and said he's not worth a first-round pick. And what the fuck did New England get for him? A 12th overall pick. That's, you have to be shit. for you right there. Did, 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 did the GM of New England, the minute that he looked at the caller ID and saw it was Cleveland Browns calling, how hard do you think his dick was? Because he pretty much had to know, I'm going to get whatever I want right here. And the question is, too, does Garoppolo start? Because McCowan's done in Cleveland. RG3 still injured, right? Is this where Garoppolo it, it, finally gets forever his gonna gig? Be oh, who else can they throw in there? Unless it, uh, the, the 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 last scuttlebutt I heard out of Cleveland was that they're not picking a quarterback with their first round pick, and that was before they traded for Garoppolo. This this hey, move. I read seem- an article today that Johnny Manziel says he's getting his shit together. All right. right. Okay. Well, does Cleveland still hold the rights to his contract? I, I don't know. I'm just being a smartass. Okay. And Tim Couch is going to be his backup. <laughs> well, speaking of Tim, of, did you see Tim Tebow hit like four home runs or some shit the other day? Yeah, speaking of PEDs, four out of thanks, five Tim. pitches or something? Well, hold on. We're, we're, we're on football. We, yes. And, and as much as That's Tebow funny. would like us to be talking about football and him, football related. his career is well over unless he's going to go back to commentating. Um, it's true. And not fucking women. <laughs> well, I don't know. He could come back to football. Have you seen the fucking size of that man? PED, okay. he's a motherfucker. Well, good. Then you know what? Hey, you can go fucking be a running back for fucking Denver. What do you want us to say? He ain't coming back to quarterback. That, that, that ship's done sailed. Either he's going to play tight end or he's going to play fullback. Something. That's but what speaking of quarterbacks, uh, How many? Kirk Cousin got a franchise tag again. 
second time in a row ever for a quarterback. And I saw something today that he apparently wants to be in San Francisco. So that probably had to piss him off. Well, who else got the franchise tag from uh, uh, – it was a defensive lineman from the Giants. Defensive was it Pierre Paul? Giants. I don't know. I, I know Le- Le'Veon Bell got it in Pittsburgh. Well, I know that – okay, forgive me on this. I think I have the, the rules right. If you are hit with the franchise tag, basically what they do is they take the top five earners at the position that you were given the tag at, and they have to pay you the average out of those five, correct? Right. For the season. Yeah, but I also believe it means you're untouchable. It means, means you're on that team. You're not going anywhere. Which, if you're trying to get to free agency and – exercise your options it can fuck you over oh no definitely which means you can't yeah you can't put yourself on the market yeah he can't shop himself around but i mean so they're paying i mean i don't know the top five average but i mean so he's basically let's just he's getting matthew stafford money is Kirk cousins worth that (laughs) dude he's getting tom brady fucking money dude well brady has renegotiated renegotiated his contract to make cap room so many times who the fuck knows what Brady? I, I mean, I, well, you can, we could look it up, but the point is, is that Brady's already made his money, and he's married to the to a basically the the biggest bank of, that's ever came out of Brazil. So uh, he ain't hurting for cash. He he, if he drops out of the top five, he's not going to be eating ramen noodles, is what I'm getting at. Well, uh, to be fair to Kirk Cousins, he does have a very high uh, yards per season. I think he's the highest. Yards per season for 15 and 16. And two, I guess guys like Cousins, I always like a guy like that, uh, just a story like that, because they earned it. You know, it's he came off the bench, earned his position, fighted to keep it. I've <laughs> always been a fan of those type of players. Yeah, I, I totally to agree guys with that. that. Like RG3, who's supposed to have been anointed this great fucking second coming of whatever, and it's just been fucking injury-prone and shitty his whole career. Yeah, he was brought in to re- to replace him when he got injured, sat back down when he came back, brought in to be injured when he was injured, and then they finally were just like, you know what, Kirk? What can you do? Take us. Go. And he did. It, okay, as long as he signs the franchise tag tender, once he signed that, he can be traded. Now, what if this is... You know, what if, if he's that, if he's making, going to, if, hold on, reboot. If he's making such big noise about wanting to go to San Francisco, they had to have heard that when they slapped him with the franchise tag. Okay. And I mean, it's not unheard of to trade someone who's been slapped with the franchise tag before. Matt Castle's had it done to him, Jared Allen. So, I mean, so maybe it's the mindset of like, you want him, you're going to have to pay. Exactly. It's them setting the market price for Kirk Cousins. Because who do they have backing him up? Uh, mm. Exactly. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's, not like, it's not like there's an Alex Smith or something sitting in the wings. You know, a player that you can go, eh, we can get by. You know, they, they don't have a game manager. They don't have, I mean, they don't even have a fucking journeyman backup that will win you, a, a, you know, that could just manage the offense. And a defense that's strong enough to carry you deep into the playoffs, let alone win a Super Bowl, aka 2002 fucking uh, 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 Buccaneers, the the 
uh, <laughs> wow, Ravens in 2000, they don't have any of that. So, I mean, if they get rid of them or they do trade them, even if they get a haul for them, who are they going to get back? Who the fuck, who the fuck is playing for San Francisco that they're going to want? And is San Francisco going to be willing to give up their fucking first round draft pick? Because by the way, point, uh, you're Colt looking to McCoy draft the quarterback. Is the backup for Kirk Cousins? Well, remember Colt McCoy? Remember when he was going to be? Yeah, awesome? yeah, he played for uh, Texas, ago? didn't he? In, in his college years, and I was like, that's the perfect name for a quarterback in Texas, Colt McCoy. That sounds like a Texas quarterback. But besides the cool name, I don't think he's really done shit in the fucking. In the, in the in the NFL, so I, I I don't know, man. That's why I said, what the fuck is going on in the NFL? <laughs> Garoppolo goes for a first round pick. Cousins get a franchise tag. AP gets fucking his extension turned down, but then they say you're still welcome here. But then Jerry comes out, and Uncle Jerry throws a fucking wrench into the into the mix, saying he wants him to come out there, you know, and that's. You know, yeah, granted, AP, we could argue, is over the hill. And the rest of these guys, you know, one's, one's just starting his career, arguably, and the others proved to be at least a serviceable starter in the NFL. You know, this is, once again, this is why this sport is now a all-year-long fucking sport. The drama never stops with the NFL. Okay, we got the combine coming up, too, right? <laughs> like, what, a month or so? Hey, also, well, I mean, uh, the the uh, Patriots didn't franchise tag uh, Hightower, so he could test free agency. Hightower is the uh, star linebacker for the Patriots. Now, Detroit, this is a signing you should make. You won't. You won't, but this you should. you should make. Uh, forgive me, I guess I should know this, but I don't. What, what position linebacker does he play? <laughs> does it matter for the Lions? <laughs> well, no, the thing is, is that there's, well, I mean, I'm assuming that there's a big difference between being a middle linebacker who's the quarterback for the defense and being an outside linebacker. It's like the difference between being a, a, a tackle and a center. Well, it depends on the scheme you're in. Some outside linebackers are defensive ends, and, you know, some of them are, if you run a 4-4 defense, you already have a defensive end and you need an outside linebacker. You know, if you run a six-two, you need two inside linebackers and no outside linebackers. So, yeah, but I think I think I just either read it or heard it on ESPN that most the, the trend in the NFL at this point is that most of the time, percentage-wise, no matter the team, they're in a nickel fucking formation on defense anymore. So that's some variation of a four-three or a three-four with a fucking extra defensive back. So I mean, if you're running, no, no, that's. That would be five defensive backs, right? That, yeah. So that means you're going to have to cut down on a linebacker unless you want to cut down on a defensive lineman. I'm just wondering because didn't uh, Whitehead come out as like, you know, the, the the shocking, oh, my God, standout player on defense for the Lions this year? What are they going to do with him? Well, I'm, I'm almost sure they're going to keep him. They should keep him. Tyre Whitehead's right. a damn good linebacker. So but it's also got, Hightower, And you game. also have uh, Andre Levy. I know mean, he's getting a little old, though. But, I mean, you know, Whitehead played their middle linebacker position. If Hightower's a middle linebacker and he comes in, you're not going to ask your free, your, you know, your one of your star free agent offseason signings to change positions, are you? No, you you would ask Whitehead to go to outside linebacker. And I mean, my question is: is he as is he as serviceable as an outside linebacker? Is he as as the middle linebacker? Oh, definitely, definitely. Okay. I mean, I know that was your position when you played, so. I, I'm not even going to argue about you know that you you probably see the game completely different because you played that position. So you know I, I actually played defensive tackle, my friend. Wait a minute, I thought you were a linebacker. 
I was a defensive tackle. I was I was a Warren Sapp motherfucker. Dominic Jesus Sue Christ. All right. But that being said, I, I do see it different. Uh, with linebackers inside and out, they're, they're one and the same. The middle linebacker drops into coverage, you know, more. They have a bigger zone to cover than, a, than an outside linebacker does. An outside linebacker would have to, to cover a route, like a tight end route, and Whitehead is more than capable of doing something like that. So okay, if you so got if you got Whitehead on the outside covering a tight end route and Hightower in the middle covering the zone, shit. Yeah, please throw that ball. Cuz then you got Darius Slay on your corner, you're fucked. Isn't it amazing how how and it, it you know, let's just play the what if game. If they do sign him for whatever reason, then in a few years we went from talking about the defensive line to the linebackers and the defensive backs being the strength for the Detroit Lions. That's how quick the turnover is in the NFL. It's just it's amazing to me. Yeah, but that front four uh, is sick, though. You know, I'm still 2012 still feels like a fever dream to me uh, when we were told we had the best defense in the NFL. I don't know about right. the best defense. We had the best defensive line, though. Oof. I wasn't used to hearing the best NFL and Lions in any sentence ever in my entire <laughs> life to that point. So is that, is that it for the crazy moves? Am I missing any? Because I swear there was at least one or two more. I just can't think of them off the top of my head. Uh, John Elway said, fuck it, I'm coming out of retirement. He's going to quarterback Denver. <laughs> 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 okay, just as a joke here, you hear that, or you hear that fucking Peyton Manning's going to come back. Which one is more likely? Which one would you think has a better chance of succeeding at this point? John Elway. Peyton Manning. He's younger. John Elway. <laughs> I'm kind of with Earl. I think Manning's entered his China doll stage. Yeah, but Elway's in like what his fifties. Got to be. I mean, he'd, he'd get hit and he'd fold. No, <laughs> something inside him would break. Like, oh, he doesn't have a kidney anymore. Oh, poor John. Just saying, the body gets older, it gets brittle. Peyton Manning was a hit away from being paralyzed in his neck. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, Manning be out there dancing behind that line like you've never seen his ass move before. Omaha. <laughs> minute, de- minute defensive, minute defensive line got any penetration on his offensive line? He'd just be fucking intentionally grounding it and running for the fucking end zone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that's that's it for all of the big moves this week. Uh, but doesn't free agency begin? In, what would you say? In March 9th is when be free agency begins. That's when it starts. Well, it's a, it'll be interesting week that week. We'll have NFL free agency starting. We'll be filling out our brackets because we're getting close to that time too. Which you know, it's the only, it's the only time of year worth paying attention to college basketball. In my opinion. I, I'm just going to say this and get this out of the way right now. So when, when we actually do fill out our brackets, we don't have to keep harping on it. I never filled one out before, never cared to, still don't care to, but I guess I got to do it because of the nature of the show. So I expect to completely tank. If I get anything right, I'll be happy. Just just want to throw that out there. <laughs> Dude, the last three, I have no idea what's going on in college basketball until someone hands me a bracket. The last three or four years, I've picked a bracket, and I think I've made money every year but one. In one year, I won the whole damn thing. 
So uh, I go with I go with I go with history and legacy when I make my picks compared to how things are going right now. But you know that's that's kind of like uh, you know what like the chick at the office who picks the Super Bowl or some shit like that. You know, kind of like that mentality. That's what I'm, I, I'm almost gonna I'm almost at the point where I want to flip a coin and decide whether I'm going to go uh, the Lisa Simpson route, which animal. Or mascot would beat up which mascot and pick them. <laughs> or go the go the girlfriend route and pick what uniforms are like better than the other one. <laughs> <laughs> like it says here, you got Rutgers winning it all. How'd that happen? Mm, I like the colors. Oh, what I've learned with basketball, just pick Kentucky, Duke, Yukon, and Indiana, North, North Carolina. You know. Yeah, or North Carolina is your final four, and you're generally you'll you'll be good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but those te- those are but those are just programs too. They just traditionally always have good basketball programs. One year I picked Kentucky, and they won out of nowhere. People were talking shit. I'm like, whatever, bitch. Pay me. I won. <laughs> I picked Kentucky. You didn't. I, I do want to say. I do want to say. That Eric Berry got signed to a six-year deal with the Chiefs for seventy-eight million dollars. So he's retiring a Chief. Yeah, but he he's got a story that warms my heart. He beat cancer and came back and still played. And now making thirteen million dollars a year. That's definitely a punctuation on the end of that sentence. I'm telling you what, man. beat cancer, getting paid. How's your life going? The Eric Berry story. It's titled his memoir. I'm going to send it to him. <laughs> Beating cancer, getting paid. <laughs> well, Livestrong doesn't have what's-his-face anymore, so they are looking for a new face, right? He could totally head well, up that uh, that uh, uh, charity. What did we learn, Lance Armstrong? Don't cheat. And at least if you're going to cheat when you get caught, admit it, and be contrite in your apology. Don't keep saying... Oh, what me? The shagged defense doesn't work in in real life. That's a song. Well, true. When you say mean your apology, Tiger Woods, I'm looking at you. You did not mean your apology. Tiger Woods' apology should have been read. Sorry, I got caught. That could have been all of Tiger Woods' apology because that's pretty much what it said. Every guy, every guy was watching that, going, just, just say you're sorry that a whole new world of ass opened up to you. Just say that. Just, you know, because every guy was like, of course he fucked everything that moved. Dude was fucking Waffle House waitresses to porn stars to New York socialites. Basically, he couldn't say no. Well, yeah, that's, I'm with you, Rich. I would like a guy to get up there one time and be like, listen, I'm rich, I'm famous. Dude, I get up to go to the fucking bathroom and it's being thrown at me all hours of the day. What the fuck would you do? Exactly. So you're saying before. don't put him in the shower? Is that what you're saying? See, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He couldn't control himself. I'll shower with a football team full of gay guys before I shower with fucking Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods, what's that old Eddie Murphy joke? He fucks anything that moves. He comes to my house to fish stop swimming. <laughs> there you go. It's a good note to end the show on, guys. Uh, ooh. Another three-hour one. But thanks everybody who's listened, who's downloaded. You know, a, a year later, we're still almost a year later. We're still every month bigger than the last month, bigger than the last month. It means you're listening, you're telling people, and you're coming back and you're keeping listening. 
All right. So thank you for that. Uh, we're available on iTunes. ChristopherMedia.net is really just where you should go because you can subscribe on iTunes or Android there. You can share it on all your favorite social media platforms that way. And two, you can check out the older shows. All right. Maybe you just found us. Maybe this is your first episode. We can go back. You start at show one and you can listen to us talk out of our asses for 37 shows before this one. All right. Uh, thanks everybody who's listened and we'll catch you next. Oh, wait. Social media at Sporty Podcast on Twitter at Sporty underscore podcast on Instagram. You can email the show Sporty at ChristopherMedia.net. If you disagree with some of our opinions, this episode uh, might have happened. Just saying. But thanks, everybody, who's listened, and we'll see you next week. All right. Later, guys. Peace out, yeah. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.